The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. Today, I'm going to play another Clubhouse episode of Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Sabotage. This one is for July 30th, 2022. I have some great moderators who joined me and some very courageous people who came up on stage to share their struggles and their triumphs. I know that you'll enjoy this episode. It's full of great information, and I hope that it helps you in whatever challenges you're facing in this life. And we're all facing something, aren't we? So without any further delay, here's the episode. Enjoy. Good morning, Michelle. I am good. How are you, Paul? Hey, I'm doing great. My charger. <laughs> What's that? I, I have a charger that I keep downstairs. Yes. And someone, I have five teenagers, has absconded with it. Oh. So I must go upstairs to have the conversation. Oh, that's not good. I've been, <laughs> I've been de, I've been de charged. Here we go. Hey, Kate. Hello, hello. How are you today? Another day in paradise. <laughs> yeah, beautiful, sunny. No rain. I have not yet been out, are- but uh, I am uh, looking forward to going out. It, it looks okay out there today, so so it, it should be a nice day. And, I, and, and, and little tiny things that make me happy. I found a batch of bread yeast that I didn't realize I had, so because I thought I'd run out. And I was like, oh, look. So you'll never meet anyone that's happier to find yeast. I, that sounds very strange. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I just want to welcome everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We're going to get started with this room in just a couple of minutes. And uh, I see that Christopher's joined us, Jules, Murray, hello, Bobby, Denise, Frida, Mina, Becky, Kay. And we have a new person, uh, just brand new to Clubhouse, Dixon. Welcome. And today we're going to be talking about negotiating our way out of self-sabotage. And we have some moderators who may be joining us. It's a Saturday and it's uh, sunny in many locations uh, that we come from. So we like to take advantage of that because uh, King and I are in Canada, in Toronto. Michelle's in New York. And uh, sometimes the weather is not all that great. And hello, Candice. Welcome. I'm glad you joined us. Candice is... Well, west. super Saturday. That's what I say. It's Saturday. Hey, Candace. She might be having technical difficulties because maybe she's out and about. Uh, could be, but we're going to get started in just a minute. So we'll, uh, we'll get it going. Uh, Michelle, are you going to be providing some closing music for us today? I am. I am. All right. That's good. Looking forward to that. Are you there, Candice? 
Yes, I'm sorry. I was having technical difficulties. I was saying hello, everybody. Hello, but my mics weren't working yet. I'm sorry about that. They're working much better now. We can actually hear you. The last couple of weeks, you were so faint. It, it, it almost sounded as though the microphone was in another room and you were um, shouting from there. <laughs> yeah, or another country. It was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sorry about that. That's all right. The important thing is they're working now. All right. It is 12 o'clock p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time here in Canada. And I believe it's the same with Michelle and Candice. Um, we are going to get started. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to pack, uh, pass the microphone over to my wonderful moderators so that they can introduce themselves to you to let you know uh, what they're about and what they do. And please, guys, promote what it is that you do. Uh, let the audience know what it is that you have to offer off the app as well as on the app. And uh, this is your time. And then I will introduce myself and I will start to get into my spiel before we uh, we invite guests. Well, we see that we have Peter already on, but uh, please feel free to raise your hand. King will bring you up. And when you do come up, just a couple of things that I want to say. Let's try to keep our shares down to about three minutes or so. And that, I mean that for anybody who's sharing or asking questions so that our moderators can, uh, what we call, join in popcorn style, whoever has something to add to that. Because we only run for about two hours. We try to respect everybody's time on this day. And so we try to keep the room down to two hours. We want as many people to come up as possible. There is a chat area. You can see that two people have already added to the chat. Uh, you can share the room. Please do share the room. I'll be doing that in just a moment. And this is a safe place. What I mean by that is that we respect you and we want to take care of you as much as we can. We do have clinical psychologists who come in, people who are very well versed in this area, but we're not dispensing therapy. This is not meant to be a substitute for any type of therapy. If anybody needs professional help, um, if you feel that you need someone, please do find that help for yourself. You're not alone. We're all going through something, as we'll know, as you'll see in this room as we go along. And yeah, that's... Um, that's what I have to say, and I'll turn the microphone over to Michelle. Thanks, Paul, and thanks uh, to you and King for holding the space and making this uh, such an incredibly impactful two hours. And I'm really excited that we move the time to noon because I think it gives more people a chance to come in from the West Coast uh, since we start at uh, noon Eastern Standard Time. So I'm using my time zone. And uh, I feel incredibly blessed to be part of the moderator panel here. Um, my, I would say that I am a transformational coach and trainer. So what does that mean? It's like I work with pe people on shifting their beingness on, on really un understanding that it's not our circumstances which create our discontent or contentment, it's us. And another way of saying that is there's a line from the Talmud that says, we don't see things as they are, we see things as we are. And I would just add an addendum to that to say up until that moment, because in the moment of awakening, we can see when we've labeled ourselves certain things, when we've we've made certain things that have occurred that we've made into beliefs or assumptions uh, and turn them into truths, you know, turn them into hard fact when in fact they are 
nothing but a belief or an interpretation and sometimes that limits us. So I'm here uh, because I'm here to listen. I'm really here to learn um, because first of all, people are so wise and you know, oftentimes people will come up here with a challenge or a question about something that's going on for self-sabotage and I learn about it because there are how many? Eight billion people. So there's, I don't know, and that that number may be incorrect, but just bear with me on that. You know, there are eight billion different perceptions on how to live a life without self-sabotage. And that's what we're really here to do is number one, identify when we are because we have blind spots. And we would like to know, I think, all of us when we're self-sabotaging because I think sometimes we don't know. And we're perplexed why our life isn't turning out way it could with the possibilities available to us. And we get really, really entrenched in certain ways of being because there are payoffs for them. Meaning like you get a little goody, it feels good in the moment, but you might pay high pain point. You might pay a price that isn't great. So I'm here just to listen and to advocate for people um, and sort of highlight when there's an opportunity to, um, to, you know, kind of work with some of those blind spots that come up. So I thank you so much for your time. And if anybody is interested in becoming a transformational coach and trainer, I'm doing a six month workshop uh, where you can get certified uh, to lead uh, trainings and coach people. And just you can DM me if you want to know about that more. So thanks, Paul, for that opportunity. You're welcome. And uh, yes, at times like this, transformational coaches and uh, supporters are so important out there. And it's a great way of me of making income, especially in these very, very difficult times. People need good coaches. Over to you, King. Thanks so much, Paul. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, so my name's King. And in my regular life, I guess I'm a marketing communications and social media strategist, and as well as a travel influencer. And I'm just here, you know, every week to do what, what I can share what I can, uh, you know, from my own experiences, and also just to learn along with everyone else here and support everyone else. Because, you know, there's just, you know, there's enough craziness in the world. I try not to add a more craziness to it if I can. And so if anyone is interested, you know, if, you know, um, and reach out to me for anything communications related, social media, travel, whatever, happy to have that conversation with you offline as well. But uh, while I'm, I'm here, happy to use my experiences to hopefully, you know, help uh, move you along in whatever challenges you're facing. I've definitely encountered a lot of strange things in my life. So, you know, sometimes it comes in handy, sometimes it doesn't, but that's either way, we, as long as we all learn and we all, you know, kind of look at things with a positive light, that's all that matters to, to me. And hopefully, uh, that helps you along as well. And uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, for that. And uh, I'm going to end my spiel here by passing the mic over to Candice. So Candice, if you are ready to give an introduction, uh, there you go, the stage is yours. Awesome. Thanks so much, King. And uh, good morning to everybody. I'm absolutely thrilled to spend the next couple hours with all of you, with my fellow moderators. And uh, for everybody in the room, as my fellow moderators always say as well, I just, I get so much out of the room and, you know, try and add value where I can, but also leave always learning something. Um, sort of my nine to five is I'm a personal executive coach and business leadership coach, much like Michelle, I help with personal and professional transformation. And I really am fueled by a passion to help people. Uh, people are the, the biggest asset in any organization. And so working with individuals, teams, or organizations is where I spend 
my time helping people find clarity to reach their potential and really just dealing with the resistance to change, which is something we've all faced over the last few years. I'm happy to chat with anybody offline if you want to learn more about that, but really for today, just happy to share. Um, I've dealt with my own self-sabotage and had to overcome that, and so it can definitely relate with many of you and, and your stories that you share, um, and really just happy to be here. And so with that, I'm going to pass it over to Dr. Allison. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Um, my voice is low. It's it was a late night last night, so I'm still waking up with my coffee. Good morning. Uh, I'm Dr. Allison Oklufi. I'm a licensed clinical and educational psychologist here in California. I'm also a consulting psychologist for the state of California. And as everyone else sh shared, you know, I'm here to listen as much as um, speak, you know, even with two doctorates, one can learn all the time from anybody, no matter when they went to school, where they went to school, and if they went to school. I learn as much from speaking. I'm working with a 17-year-old uh, kid who dropped out of school and is in juvenile hall right now and has such wisdom uh, that the lessons we are allowed and given to learn are us to choose to learn, to grow from. And, you know, when I listen to Paul speak, I'm amazed. There are things he shared that I might have known, but I forgot and I need to be reminded because I feel the resonance within me. So even if you believe you know all these things, sometimes it helps to be reminded in this loving, supported atmosphere. The moderators on the stage are so wise and so kind. And I think that's the reason why this room is so beloved. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Dr. Allison. You're right. We do need to be reminded from time to time. There's so much out there and so, so much great information. And Glenn, we're going to pass the microphone over to you. Welcome, Glenn. Hey, happy new day, Paul and everyone in the room. Uh, wishing you newness in your life. And my contribution here is along the lines of simply, uh, experiencing that remembrance of what a miracle it is you are and that that recognition of yourself to be miraculous you are a miraculous creature will result in you treating yourself in a miraculous way which is the polar opposite of self-sabotage to take a look at what works what doesn't and why and what choices produce favorable outcomes and which ones unnecessarily place roadblocks or hurdles into our lives in a non-hurdle race. I'm Glenn and I'm done speaking. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, that was good too. And yes, it's so true. Take a look at what's working and what's not working. And we have the choice to then Did anybody else lose oh. Paul? Yeah, I was just about to say, Paul. Paul's yeah. pulling a, a Candace. Yeah, <laughs> lost him. It's so good. Or what he's saying is so profound, it's beyond all of us. <laughs> it's about what's working and what's not, including my sound. Yeah. Only oh, yours is working. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, well, could go be. Go on, get on with it. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Paul's got, Paul's got to leave and then come back in the room, I think. But, you know, um, I just wanted to thank everyone who is here and who did share the room. I can see when we look at the insights, who's already shared the room. And, oh, my gosh, we're just so uh, thrilled to have all of you as a part of this community and um, the stand that you're taking, even by being around a topic like this, you know, because like who likes to like talk about self-sabotage? Uh, oh, Paul, are you back? Nope. Um, and, and so the question is, you know, how is it that we can eliminate self-sabotage from, you know, one of our primary ways of being? How often are we doing it? You know, how often are we conscious to what we're doing? And so this room is so great because we're always learning about you know, our blind spots. And we're also learning about ways to navigate uh, through our life so that that doesn't even become something that we're really worrying about because we are living our life coming from full participation because we are living our life empowered to know that, that we're brilliant. Paul, you're back. All right. I don't know what happened. Everything froze. Um, can you hear me now? Only beautifully. Yes. We can hear you now, Captain. <laughs> well, thank you. All but right. rest assured, Michelle jumped right into the wheelhouse and grabbed the ship so that we didn't crash into anything. She was brilliant in your absence. Well, thank you. And that's what teamwork is all about, supporting one another. <laughs> all right, so I'll get started again. I don't know where I left off, but I remembered uh, as I was growing up that we really have to rescue ourselves, that rescue comes from within. Other people can support us and help us, but the work has to be done by each and every one of us. Part of that is dealing with sabotaging thoughts and behaviors. So when we take a look at the definition of sabotage, the word itself, it means to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct something. There's a deliberate act there. We've hear, heard it on the news. There's an act of sabotage. Uh, at a um, at a factory or wherever, uh, usually during very violent times, people sabotage things. They sabotage bridges. They do whatever. We know that that's a deliberate act to destroy or obstruct something. Self sabotage, on the other hand, that is something that we do to ourselves, and it refers to behaviors or thought patterns that hold us back and prevent us from doing what it is that we want to do. It's listening and giving in to those little voices or the voices from outside that tell us that we're not good enough and we choose to listen to it. We choose to listen to other people's opinions and their lies. That becomes an act of de a deliberate act once we choose to accept it. If we are aware that we are sabotaging ourselves and we continue to do it, I see that as a deliberate act. But it's all right to be aware of it. In fact, it's so important to be aware of it because then you can start doing the work that I'm talking about. Even with mental illness, it's lying to you. Its job is to tell you that you're not good enough. Its job is to tell you that you'll never make it. Its, its job is to lie to you in your own voice and keep you from moving forward. But you can challenge those voices. Some examples of self-sabotage include blaming others when things go wrong. And how many of you have seen someone or you've done it yourself? When things kind of fall apart, you're going to point the other person. You're going to say, well, it was their fault. They didn't put enough effort into it or they were always sneaking behind my back. They did this. They did that. That's why this relationship didn't work out. That's why this job didn't work out. It's not my fault. 
So that is an act of sabotage because you're not examining what you did or what you possibly did to help that happen. And what I mean by that is you didn't do the work, take a look at yourself and say, okay, I should have and could have done this differently. And I'm going to do things differently because there is going to be a next time. I'm going to learn from the things that have happened to me because they are making me into the person I want to be. And I hope that everybody feels that way. I hope that everybody feels that we can improve on who we are today and that we can make those choices to bring us to where we want to be in this life. I spoke recently on TikTok and Instagram about time. And my message this week was that time is so precious, it's not guaranteed to anyone. It could be taken away from us in an instant. Uh, it could, somebody that we love could be gone in, in an hour, in two minutes. We could be gone in an hour or two minutes. The reason I brought that particular topic up was because a nephew of mine who's only 33 years old was uh, diagnosed with a very severe blood situation and we thought we were going to lose him. And it came into my heart to say, guys, we've really got to take time and remember the people that we love. So when we greet them, it's a gift. It is a gift. You greet them as though, wow, I'm so happy to see you because you should be. And when they leave, you should make sure that they know how much you care and love for them. So that's what it is. Um, so that I just detracted to that precious thing called time. So become the person that you want to be and don't blame others when things go wrong. Now, not being accountable to yourself or to other people is also a very big indicator of self-sabotage. When you are not a person of your word, people are not going to trust you. And in this world, we want good relationships, not ones that we have to work really hard at. And if we're not honest people, we're not accountable to ourselves or to others, they're not always gonna work out. Now, when I talk about being accountable to yourself, what do I mean by that? If you tell yourself that you are going to lose five pounds, that is your goal. You're gonna lose five pounds in the next two weeks, but you do nothing to do or to work at making that happen. You're not being accountable to yourself. If you decide that you're going to do some work or you're going to make a commitment and you do nothing to make that happen, you're not being accountable to yourself. You start with yourself and you keep your promises to yourself and you keep your promises to the other people. That five pounds you want to lose or whatever it is that you want to work out, you, you can do it, but you have to remain accountable to yourself. Another form of self-sabotage is choosing to walk away when things don't go right. And it's the same as blaming others when things go wrong. If it doesn't go right, you walk away. You don't put the work into finding out what it is. You don't go and, and uh, it was Socrates who said, an unexamined life is a life not worth living. I believe that we have to examine when things don't go right. I believe that we have to take a look at ourselves and be truly and brutally honest with ourselves. What did I do to contribute to the breakdown in this relationship, the breakdown in this job, the breakdown in my part of what we were doing here? So take a look at that and not only look at it, become aware of it, make the adjustments that way you won't hopefully make the same mistake another time.
Procrastination can be one of those uh, saboteurs because it'll prevent you from getting to where you want to be. If um, you're looking at a job that just seems so, so big and you're looking at it, you're thinking, there's no way I'm ever going to do this. Well, if your conscious mind tells your subconscious mind, there's no way I'm ever going to do this, you're right. Subconscious mind's job is like what Glenn was talking about when the captain takes over the ship and everybody is out there to support the captain and making the ship go well, they're listening to the captain, the, the conscious mind. So the subconscious mind will take the direction that the captain is giving and they'll make that happen. So if you tell yourself, there's no way I'm going to do this, the subconscious mind says, captain says we can't do this, so let's shut it down. And you'll find ways to shut it down. It won't work. On the other hand, if you say, yes, I can, I'm going to do this, then the subconscious mind will work in tandem with the conscious mind to make it happen. So that overwhelming sensation doesn't need to be handled in one sitting. You don't have to clean a garage in just one sitting. You can take it one little bit at a time, five minutes at a time. Lao Tzu said the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. The idea is that we keep on taking those steps. You don't go to the gym just once, work out and think it's all done. No. Building a body, building health or whatever takes time and it takes consistency. Picking fights with uh, friends or partners for no apparent reason is another form of self-sabotage. We all have this need within us to be seen, to be heard, to be validated. This is, this is our human spirit. We need this. We need to be recognized, appreciated. And sometimes when we are in a relationship, be it with family, be it with a significant other, if we feel that we're being, well, that we're invisible to them, yes, that they don't appreciate us, people will pick fights simply to be seen and to be heard. That's not the right way to be seen and to be heard. Could be at work, could be with anybody. Sometimes it's just as easy as just saying, hey, can we talk? Can we talk? Or I'd like to talk. Do you have a minute? Uh, and telling a person how you feel. I feel that you're not seeing me. I feel that you're not hearing me. I feel whatever it is. Feelings matter. And kids have them. Adults have them. Everybody has them. If ours are not being met, if, if something is wrong, we often need to open up to other people to let them know how we're feeling. And maybe they're not seeing us. Let's ask them to see us. Trouble stating our needs and desires with family and friends who are at work and romantic relationships even. That is another form of self-sabotage. Can you imagine not telling your parents, yeah, I know that you want me to go to university, become a doctor, but I really want to pursue uh, a, a career in acting, a career in, in music, whatever it is that makes my heart passionate. I don't want to be at a job where I'm going to be sad and I'm never going to feel fulfilled. I want to try something different. I have a different vision for my life and it is my life. The same is true when we're talking in romantic relationships. If you just meet someone and there's certain things that you like and you desire and you want in a relationship, but you're afraid of opening up and telling that other person, how do you think that's going to happen or work out when you're actually dating and when you both fall in love and you still have those needs and desires in you that aren't being met? Because guess what? You never told them. <laughs> that's not going to go well. Trust me, it's not going to go well. 
Another one that we do is that we compare ourselves to other people. And we may go on Instagram and see somebody who appears to be living the perfect life. And we're thinking to ourselves, wouldn't it be nice? Wow, they look so happy. What is it that they're doing that I'm not doing? I can't believe this. This is not uh, the life that I want. They look so happy. And on and on and on it goes. Well, that's a form of self-sabotage because we're putting ourselves down. We're letting that person's life kind of control ours. It allows them to drive our behavior and our emotions. If we think that they have something better or that their life is more fun, it drives our behavior and emotions. We feel less for ourselves. The only people we should be comparing ourselves to are ourselves. We should be asking ourselves if we are better than the people that we were just six weeks ago, six months ago. We can make things happen in our life. There's one thing that we're better at than anyone in the world, and that's being us. And we can make it happen. So it's entirely up to us to only compare ourselves to ourselves, to the person we were. And this comes down to blame and shame sometimes. And I've heard this in this room, and I've heard this in many other settings, where people feel so bad for something that they did six months ago to someone. They blame and shame themselves for not having done this or not having done that, or maybe they were instrumental in making a relationship break down, whatever it is. Well, the way I look at that is that, and I said it in this room before, we're not the people that we were six months ago. We shouldn't be. We should be better than the people that we were. We should be standing on the shoulders of the people that we were. And if we recognize that we did something that may have led to the breakup of a relationship when we've we've apologized with a, a true and sincere heart to them and then to ourselves and then did the work to make sure that that doesn't ever happen again, then the blame and the shame drops there. That is so much of an energy sucker. We, we are going to mess up, folks. Uh, we're not perfect. We're perfectly built. We're perfect. We're beautiful creatures, but our behavior isn't always perfect at times, and we're not always going to be bringing our perfect selves. We should try, but it's not always going to happen. Why are you going back six months from now and saying, oh, I could have and I should have and I, I did this and I did that and I feel so bad because you're just taking your bags and you're going to the poor me hotel or the why me lounge and you're just spending time looking at someone you are no longer being. So I'm um, going to end this up by just saying, that uh, oftentimes self-sabotage comes to putting ourselves down with those thoughts. Why does this always happen to me? Like I said, poor me. Uh, why me? I can't do anything right. I, I won't make it, so why should I even try? Other people have happiness. I can never find it, so I'm not even going out. I'm not even going to give it a shot. I'm not worthy of this. So many of these things come up for a lot of people. We're in a room now where we can talk about this and we can help you and guide you to negotiating your way out of that kind of behavior, not sabotage, sabotaging yourself anymore. So uh, I'm going to ask Michelle to do another room reset and just let you know that once you've spoken, uh, we're going to tuck you gently back into the audience and we're just going to make room on stage for other people. And uh, yes, thank you for listening. Over to you, Michelle.
Hey, hi, everyone. Welcome if you just came into the room and if you've already heard the initial reset, thank you for listening through this one and maybe taking the time when I'm resetting to invite some people into the room. And you can do that by sharing on Clubhouse uh, and writing something on the wall of the hallway. So that really helps uh, Clubhouse to like put us face forward at the top of the hallway for people um, or invite people through texting them by sharing the link or however it is that you normally do invite friends who are already on Clubhouse uh, because this room, which was started by Paul and King uh, in the Take Control of Your Life Club, has been incredibly successful. Successful because people leave here empowered, they leave here excited, they live here um, sometimes healed, sometimes forgiving themselves, sometimes feeling like the day feels a little bit brighter from having been here. And this is just a great community. Uh, Like-minded people tend to resonate in this room and it's just been wonderful uh, to meet so many of you. And so we thank all of you who are regulars in this room. We're here each Saturday from 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time till 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we'd love you to be a part of our weekly sessions. And if you haven't joined the clubhouse, please do just click on the little green uh, house that's above us. It looks like a Monopoly house. And also while you're in there, once you've joined, you can also add friends to this club. And that's another great way you can contribute. And thank you to those of you who are writing in the chat. We're gonna be definitely chatty with you. We love um, having another way to share uh, that everyone can participate in. So we thank you for that. And just wanted to mention uh, that you need to have something written in your profile and be attached to some kind of social media, either let's call it Instagram or Twitter or have another social media link on your actual profile so that we can connect with you offline in case Clubhouse glitches, which as you know, it sometimes does. And those of you who are in the room at the beginning saw it happen to Paul just now. So we like to be able to have more than one reach out. And also it's just a great way to grow relationships like I've already had a chance to meet Glenn in person and what a thing of beauty that was because even though you can build really rich and deep intimate relationships here if you want there's something really wonderful about being able to give a person a hug so that's also a possibility so definitely be looking at the um you know like the little group of people who are here check out everyone's bios who's in the audience with you who's listening I also have made a friend who I, I never got to hear them on stage first. I actually was like checking out their bio while I was in the audience with them because we were in a, a clubhouse town hall. And that person ended up being really cool and we got to going back and forth and then we ended up chatting and getting on the phone. And so just never doubt that there's definitely other relationships here for you to be had. And we hope that you're taking advantage of that. Lastly, if you have something you want to share that's a trigger, and that could be something that would make someone else who's in a very emotional state feel worse because you're talking about something that could be traumatic, uh, could be around abuse, could be around even something as simple as alcohol, could be as simple as physical or emotional abuse. Just you know what those topics are. Just please do us a favor and say, hey, I have something that's a trigger. I'd like to give a trigger warning. I'm going to talk about it in about five or 10 seconds. It's very important to me. That gives people like me or anyone else who's in a emotional place a chance to leave quietly and go get a glass of water, stretch your legs, uh, and you stay out of the room for like five or six minutes. So the person who's still here who gave the trigger warning has a chance to be accountable and responsible for their own share. So they get the support that they need. So we definitely want to ask that. And with that, Paul, I'm going to pass the mic right back up to you. 
Thank you so much, Michelle. Beautiful reset as always. All right, I see that Peter has been waiting patiently. Peter, it's always nice to see you, sir. I'm gonna turn the microphone over to you. Uh, are you there? What here, Paul? How you doing, bro? Always good, man. Yeah. <clears throat> the um, the um, Australians and the Canadians are doing well at the pool at the Commonwealth Games. Different story, not to worry. Um, my challenge is uh, in the the place I work, we've just engaged a very, very senior person, but at my level, and I do not know how to engage him. He was <clears throat> like a, uh, sorry, just let me catch my breath, a very, senior person <laughs> and he got kicked out of businesses he's a little bit older than me he knows more than me apparently but I don't know how to engage him in my team that is the question and my question the ultimate question is why are you here his name is Dale and I said why are you here you know, he he was a very senior person in other companies and stuff. And he said, yeah, the question is why are you here? I don't understand. All right, I'm, I'm not sure if I completely understand the question here, uh, Peter. Um, if I understand you correctly, uh, you're you're having a challenge at work. There's a, a is he a new employee that um, has a lot of seniority but has come in to do the same work that you're doing? Pete. Peter, yeah. Go ahead. Absolutely solid. And my question is why and. A lot of the other executives are going, why are you here? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand this bloke, why he's here. All right. I um, can accept it, I can engage him, but it is well below his experience. He's a little bit older than me. Um, um, like, I'm turning 58 in November. He's probably 68 or something. He's been through the, been through the ropes. He's very senior. I said, why do you want to join our team? I don't want to disrespect him and stuff like that. I don't know. All right, yeah, Peter. It's uh, tricky, tricky, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Now, did he get placed there just to, just so I can get this clear in my mind? Did he get placed there or did he ask to come? He was recruited, Paul. Okay. Well, the one thing I want to say, Peter, is that uh, whenever anybody joins a team, it's our job to hopefully make them feel uh, welcomed, 
And uh, we don't always know why someone ends up somewhere, why they choose to join a particular team or whatever. And that's really not our business. Uh, the way I see it is that when they join, they have their reasons for doing so. When they're recruited, uh, they have their reasons for doing so. I do not know the personal things that are going on in that man's life or why he finds himself there. And he may be more qualified than that position offers, but that's really up to him and up to the other people within the organization who are making the decisions. Your job would be mm -hmm. to welcome him and to make him feel um, part of the team and, and not to Just ask any questions, maybe. Engage, solid copy, Paul, solid copy. I I just wanted to bring this to the room. It won't take long. And I just thought, and uh, we had a half yearly um, get together and check out the numbers. The numbers are great, but everyone's going, why is this guy here when he's so well, maybe just he worked, worked on his own and wants to come into a team. I don't know. I just don't know how to engage him. That's it's a bit over my head. You know? All right, so. Peter. Peter, what I'm, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to suggest here is uh, just make the man feel welcomed. And, you know, you're a big man. You're there. Don't look, him, look at him as a threat. He's someone who's there for his personal reasons. And if you can make him feel uh, welcomed, you don't need to engage him in any any type of conflict or anything like that just hey welcome and uh how can i help how can i make your stay here better you know and just you know, we all feel that it's like i remember being in, in school and and joining you know the school and i was always the last one to be picked at the, for a for a team or whatever it doesn't feel good when you're in a new place it doesn't feel good either uh it sometimes it feels intimidating sometimes you're there because of different reasons so you're not quite sure and really is uh, about supporting one another, Peter. But what if I got to shut him down when he talks for five minutes when the conversation should be about 30 seconds? <laughs> We've all had those conversations where somebody goes on and on and on and on. Uh, all I can say about that, Peter, is sometimes we have to do it in a loving way. We just have to say, hey, can we pick this up some other time? I've, I've got to focus on this and I have to move there. But that's what I would say on, on that one, Peter. That helps, Paul. I'll leave you to it, mate. And the Canadians are doing well in the pool at the Commonwealth Games. Over to you, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. Could I add one yes, thing, Paul? Yes, of course you can. Um, you know, Peter, I think you highlighted something that, as Paul said, I think everybody feels when there's like a surprise, when, you know, when everything's sort of humming along and we're in a comfort zone, even if it's a little bit of an uncomfortable uncomfort zone because it's work and so, and someone actually has the power to say, you can stay here or you can go, um, you know, we, we get, I think sometimes like stuff comes up for us, we can get uncomfortable when something new gets added in, when there isn't any change management around a situation. So maybe they didn't, you know, say, hey, we're bringing someone on and here is why, right? Here's the reason. Um, we think it's important to have another member of our team for X, Y, or Z. So sometimes it's the breakdown in communication and it could be something that talking to your manager helps. Um, and a lot of times people 
it sends people into self-protection because you you know it's not as if you, if you're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur and the company is yours you're the one that has the power uh, and when you're in an organization, there's power through influence and power through authority. And it's like, which kind of power do you have? And sometimes we don't have the power through authority. And so we try and use our power through influence. And, you know, if you are there and you want to make a real difference for this person, you could take him aside and say, hey, you know, um, definitely this is an organization with a with a kind of less is more uh idea for communication. And I just want to let you know that in advance. Uh, and if you're thinking about like trying to be right about it and sort of make him feel not good enough, um, then you're more likely to just try and shut him down in public in front of other people. And you want to look at that. So the question is what's underneath the feelings of questioning or the feelings of uncomfortability, because this is where we can, you know, really get healthy success in growing strong when these kinds of things happen in organizations. And I don't know, probably a lot of people, if I, if, if the audience below had the ability to like raise their, you know, to take a poll, I think a lot of people would say, yeah, gee, you know, that is interesting when they bring someone else in and here's what happens for me. So I want you to know, it's not like you're alone and wondering, but it uh, oftentimes, you know, there isn't good change management. Management hasn't done a good job of explaining why. And sometimes, you know, for your own benefit, so you don't self-sabotage by, um, you know, just not being fully you around everybody, which doesn't give people access to the best parts of who you are at work. It's best to maybe, you know, ask those questions to management. And then secondarily, you just want to look and check in and like, why is this like a little bit frustrating to me. What's this about? So I just wanted to add that in. And um, thanks so much, Paul, for handing me the mic. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you, Michelle. Paul, can hey. I just add something? It's Doug. Yeah, go ahead, Doug. So, uh, look, I, I worked in uh, corporate for a long time. I was head of sales and marketing at two of the biggest fund managers in the world. And quite often, just, and this might not be the case, but quite often we bring consultants in from uh, outside companies and consultancy firms and everything like that to almost test people. And it was like a plant. So the person would come in, they'd have a lot of experience and people could look them up on LinkedIn and see all that kind of stuff. But they'd be brought in as a consultant to see what the communication is like within the team, see how people are integrating, what's the team dynamics like, all that kind of stuff. And nobody would know that they were there as a plant. So one of the things I would say in that circumstance is just be careful, you know, don't treat the person anyway, but respect, because it could be from someone right at the top, putting someone in to check everybody and how they're treated in that particular team. So that just might help as well. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but I just thought it might add value because I've had that experience. Well, thanks, Doug. It did uh, add value because I hadn't even considered that point. So Peter, there you go. You know, it really comes down to how we treat one another and how we want to be treated ourselves. Because as I said a little bit earlier during the introduction is that we have three things as people that we want and need. We need to be loved and accepted, listened to and heard, validated and seen. And that could be somebody joining a new team. You know, there they are. They don't know where they fit in. Uh, could be as Doug said, maybe he is a plant. Maybe there is something there. Um, so yeah, all these things could happen. Peter, good luck. We want uh, to hear from you at some other point. Just gonna 
tuck you back into the audience there, but do come back and tell us how that is going. So thank you so much. And uh, what a great conversation. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Doug. Hi, Paul. Hi. How are you? Happy <laughs> Saturday, you? everyone. Good to see you. Thank you. I'll I get appreciate to you in a bit. it. Thank you. All right. So we're going to go over to Marae. Good morning, Marae. Good afternoon. Good evening. How are you? Well, it's, it's still morning here in California. And thank you for bringing me up. And I'm so delighted to be here. I had somebody ping me who knows me very, very well. And, and I didn't want to be rude, but I wanted to be, um, you know, come from love and truth. And I said, please do not ping me on Saturday mornings because I'm in my first favorite room on Clubhouse. And she was so sweet. She wrote me back. She said, I know. I just wanted you to know blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I feel I handled that with love and truth. But also, I'm, I'm addressing this again to Dr. Allison. Uh, is she on the phone? I hope she's not. No, no, she's not. Okay, Dr. Allison, uh, I've been doing your... Oh, you, you better be there. <laughs> I've been doing my affirmations every single day, every morning and every night that you sent me. And I can feel a shift. It's, 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 it's really interesting. I can feel a shift. And of course, it all, like, you know, it all starts as, it, as we say in our law of attraction, my studies, it all starts with me. It all starts with us individually. And something uh, interesting has occurred to me. And I'd like, just like to share this with you because I know this occurs to everybody. And uh, I was in a situation where I didn't feel good about it. And the other person didn't either. And it was a friend, you know, some sort, it was a sort of a friendship, but, and then they were nasty. They were all these things. And I looked at myself and I said, okay, everybody should mirror more, blah, blah, blah. You know, in my studies, I know all this, but what I did was I changed my attitude about them. And, you know, I got an eight by 10 page and I put a line down the middle. I put all the positives on one side and all the negatives on the other, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't do that, but I did it mentally. And I figured all the wonderful things that I cared about them and this and that. And what can I do? What can I personally do to change the scenario? And I said, okay, change your thought about them stop looking at all the negatives that they're doing and the, and their nasty their, and all that negative stuff stop looking at that and start looking at what you care about them and what you love about them and what you share with them and just focus on that and i did that for a few days and didn't seem like i was getting anywhere and i said keep going on with it keep going and i did the whole thing, like a, like a, somebody took a magic wand and it has totally changed. And that has been now two weeks, something like that. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful. And I'm grateful to be here. Grateful to share. I learned so very much from everyone and everyone shares. And then these magnificent moderators that that share what they share to each individual. And, and so this, this room is, um, 
I tell everybody I'm in a psych I'm in a psychology course and it's not costing me anything and I'm learning so much and it 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 is it has helped me as an actor really because something just happened that got rejected but then I looked at what did you get out of it what did you put into it I put in blood sweat and tears and I looked at it and I said okay okay are you a better actor today this goes into what Paul says, you're not the person you uh, were, you are the person you are today. Am I a better actor today than I was before? And I went, yeah, I am. Okay, let it go. As they say, one door closes, another one opens. So I'm open to that next door that will be opening. And I am grateful for that experience. So thank you, everyone. I hope I haven't exceeded my two minutes, but thank you very much. Now I'm, I'm going to listen to everybody and I'm doing my workout and my darling Zizi is down below and I hope she speaks. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, uh, thanks, Marie. You never have to worry about exceeding your time. Uh, we, we give that as a general uh, rule because we want to get as many speakers on as we possibly can. And if I find that you're going a little bit over and we need to land the plane, I'll just interject and become the cool pilot and say, hey, let's land this plane together. But no, it's always so great to hear from you, Murray. And isn't that great that Dr. Allison would give you those wonderful things to say in the morning, those affirmations, that is so beautiful. I, I think that we all should be doing that, things like that, having these morning uh, rituals that we do just to start our day off with intention. What do you think, Marie? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She she sent she sent them to my um she sent them to my email. So I made a hard copy. So I have it in my bedroom. So at nighttime, uh, I do my this one exercise every morning, every night. You know, it's called crunches. I'm up to forty five. Hello. And so then, and uh, she said, and I went, oh my god. Every morning and every night, I think, uh, Dr. Allison, I think this was like two weeks ago. I have not missed one morning and one night. So yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, you can you can tuck me back down. You notice I said I was very careful saying you can tuck me. You know I you know sometimes I speak fast, so you can tuck me back down in the audience. You got it. Uh, did any one of my moderators wanted to add to something to Marie before we tuck her gently into the audience again? Yes. Was there somebody else who wanted nope, to share? Nope, that's you, Dr. Wilson. Oh, I just wanted to share, if you hadn't heard Marie a couple of weeks ago, she was despondent about um, the, her roommate situation and, you know, really frustrated. And there was somebody that she was considering, but they were a smoker and she didn't condone that and didn't want that, you know, experience in her the home. And she was just really frustrated. And for Marie to be in that state is not a happy state. It's not a natural state for her. And she shared all of this. And as I had said earlier, a lot of times we already know what we should be doing, thinking, feeling as Marie did, but she needed that reminder, which spurred her into action. And I think that's the beauty and the power of this room. So many times we get into these self-sabotaging states, even though we know exactly what we should be doing, but we're so overwhelmed by the stimuli coming in. And we need that little like, oh, wake up call. And so I just wanted to um, give everybody the backstory. And Marie, you know, we all love you so much. So have a beautiful day. 
and um, looking forward to hearing from you soon again. Uh, you will. You're not that lucky to get off, get off the hook, Dr. Allison. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thank you, Murray. All right. Um, I love what uh, Murray brought up. A couple of things that Murray brought up that reminded me that uh, Jim Rohn, who is a motivational speaker um, of yesteryear, uh, he really is the godfather in many, many ways of, of some really good speakers now. He said that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with, and it's very, very true. And what I heard from Murray is that she found herself in a relationship. She called it a situation. And when we call relationship situation, there's usually maybe a little, little problem there. I have a situation. Um, it was nasty for her, and she didn't feel good about it. But she made that choice to remove herself or to at least take some control over that and uh, distance herself. And sometimes we have to do that with people who are not serving us, people who are perhaps toxic to us, is that we recognize that what is it serving us to spend time with them? I've done that. Uh, COVID came. And before COVID, I had a group of, of people I used to go to because I liked to sing and they were a karaoke group and it was great. But none of them had any aspirations. None of them had uh, anything that really added to the quality of life that I had. No great conversations, no this, no that. And it was just a fun little spot. But I realized, you know what? It's not that much fun when you can't have intelligent conversations and stuff like that. And I, I removed myself and just moved on. So every once in a while, we have to take a look at the relationships that we have and ask ourselves, is this, am I happy here? Am I happy with this person? Am I growing with this person? Am I stimulated in many great ways by this person? Is this a great person for me to have? And yeah, uh, I want to keep this person in my life. Then there are other times that we are surrounded by garbage. And the garbage that we surround ourselves with has a way of really getting to us and we start to smell like garbage. Uh, the things that they watch, the things that they say, the things that they do have a way of rubbing off on us. And as Jim Rohn said, we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So if we surround ourselves with idiots, maybe we are an idiot when we look in that mirror. Um, what, you, what do you see? Do you see an idiot? Because that's the type of people that you're surrounding yourself with. Or if you're surrounding yourself with great people, uh, people who lift you up, people who support you, people who love you, people who challenge you, then you are that person too. So I just wanted to add that. Any one of my moderators want to add anything more to that? Okay. No? All right. We'll go right over to Tay-Z. Tay-Z, flash your microphone if you're there. Yes, you are. Where you go? Hey, hi, everybody. So uh, it's been quite the week. I'm home. I was on a trip and now I'm back again. I think I talked to you last Saturday. It was a little bit of a rough um, week at the beginning just for the grieving of my sister who's died recently and it was tough. But I did some good work in that area. I've decided I'm going to go ahead and um, try to seek out a grief grieving group that's appropriate for me and that would be through NAMI, the National Association for the Mentally Ill, and see what they have to offer. I'm gonna go back to the county mental health offices and see what they have to offer if I can't find one 
for siblings and children of the mentally ill, then I'm going to go ahead and um, get them to support me with someone professional and start up a group. And we'll see, uh, we'll see who shows up, if anyone. And I'm okay with that plan. I think it's a good one for me. But then I started um, coming out of this really deep grief a couple days ago, and I've been on a good swing up. So I started walking again, and walking I've decided to make it my number one priority because it is a um, mood booster, and it's also good for health. But I just felt so much better after I walked yesterday, so I'm going to try to make that a top priority. And I talked to a friend in Bend, Oregon, which is a smaller city, and she has decided to run for city council and express some hesitation about her qualifications, about her being able to offer anything. And she's perfect for city council. She has, you know, she's accessible to everyone. She's always dressed very nicely and um, she's articulate. So I, I recommended your book, Paul, take control of your life and she's already started it and she really appreciates it and she really loves it. I bought that book for like five people now. But anyway, on again on the positive upswing is I gave a couple tours in uh docent role up at Will Rogers State Park because I'm in Los Angeles. And what I've noticed about myself is during the tour Instead of speeding through it, I was actually able to pull back. I have a higher comfort level with myself. So I could give myself pause when I needed to. I engaged the people on the tour, asking them questions, just being more present with them. So I was so happy about that. And it's a really a step up for me to really allow myself the time instead of just charging through like a blunderbust. Anyway, so I've had all these successes. And this morning I woke up and I started not in a punitive way at all, not in a self-critical way at all, but in a noticing way and in a boosting myself up way. I started saying to myself as I, you know, whatever I was doing, cleaned off a shelf or moved something or neatened something up or took something out to get given away or thrown away, I said to myself each step of the way, I can do better. And it wasn't like, it wasn't all in the vein of that harsh self-critical voice. It was very much in the, in the way of saying to myself, I deserve better. I can do better. I, I can make my life. I can build this home for me, it was, it's so positive. So that's my new mantra. I can do better. And it's not punitive and it's not pushing myself. I just wanted to share that because I'm very happy with it. And that's it for me for today. Wow. I love that. I love that mantra. I can do better. And yes, it's not a critique of yourself. It's just a statement. It's like, I can do better. I can do better. <laughs> And look, yeah, look at bring, me. See, I'm doing better. That's it. That's it. Bring it on, world. I can do better. 
Yeah, I can do better. Uh, anyway. Well, th that's the kind of attitude that we should all strive to have, Tazy, is one in which we're not critical our, of ourselves, that we are challenging ourselves and say, hey, I can do better. And we do that mm -hmm. in a loving way to ourselves, right? Yeah, it's just a recognition that I am doing better. Oh, look, you did this and that's good. And I can do better. I can. Absolutely, you can. Yeah, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question, and I think it might help um, so many people in this room, including myself. Is that you said that you came out of a, a little bit of a grief um, period or whatever a couple of days ago, and then uh, you know things just everything was going successfully and happily or whatever. Do you remember what it was that shifted you out of that? Did you do something specifically to get you out of that state of mind? Well, I think one thing I did because I'm familiar with grief and I know it comes in waves and I know it will come back again, is I allowed myself to have that grief. And even talking about it, I'm gonna get kind of choked up, but I allowed myself fully to just feel what I was feeling and to register and what kicked me out of it uh, was, was me looking at pictures of me and my sister together. And it made me happy. And then I had, um, and it's just, it's going to, I'll ride it, you know? I'll just ride the waves as, as they cut me in. I had a big set come in last weekend, you know, like you do when you're in the ocean, a big set of waves will come in. And now I'm in a, a space between, and that's fine, I'll rest. But I do want to initiate that grieving group. But it definitely was getting the pictures out of her and me and looking at them. I love that. I, I so love that. Jacqueline, over to you. Oh, Tazy, first of all, so proud of you, my friend. Wow, wow, and wow. <laughs> like, amazing. You know, I wanted to, um, this week I had a moment, like as soon as I heard your voice this morning, um, I had a moment with my son this week and he said, Mom, you know, I would do so much better if I could just get some confidence. And, you know, this is an 11-year-old boy who, you know, has a neuro difference and struggles a lot. And, you know, in your sharing, and I know I only caught the end of it, I had said to him, just take one step past your comfort zone. And TZ, that's what you've done. I'm just, I'm so excited for you because every week I see this one step that you've gone beyond your comfort zone to create this shift and change that I'm not even sure I'm speaking to the same person anymore. <laughs> it's absolutely remarkable. And I'm so celebrating you because you're showing everybody in real time and live how possible this is for everyone. And, you know, these little steps, just one step beyond your comfort, one step beyond your comfort. And look at you, you're, you're now the moderator, you're now the teacher for everybody in this space because not only have you done it in an actionable way, but you are being it. And I think that's so much about what we talk about is it's, it's taking the action and then you become it. And that's what I hear from you, Tazy, is you are truly stepping and continue to step into who you truly are because you're letting down and you're understanding and you're gaining the knowledge, but most of all, you're practicing and you're practicing every day. And I hear it just by the change of what you're saying to yourself, yeah. not allowing yeah. those thoughts, right? <laughs> to go down. No, the thank you so much because. Yeah, but amazing, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. And I do feel I've made progress. 
But one thing is, as far as confidence building, that success transfers. So when one has success in one area, and I did this a lot when I was teaching, I would choreograph a success for a student in one area, and that would that feeling of confidence, that feeling of success would then transfer over into a more difficult subject area. So I use that a lot. But um, my grandmother used to say, small steps doth this mountain climb. So I kind of go by that. <laughs> anyway. Love it. Thank you, Jacqueline. Dr. Allison, did you want to add something? I'm just so grateful to be a witness to this journey, Tazy. You know, I just respect and admire you so much for the vulnerability and the the diligence with which you set out on this path, um, you know, because the process, people want the results, but people don't like trudging that path when it gets muddy and dirty and painful and and it seems like there's no light at that end of the tunnel. And you are always willing not only to do the work, but you're always willing to share <clears throat> your insights and the journey, which is always so helpful because in today's society, we just want the shiny object on the other, you know, end of, of the, the journey. But, you know, opening yourself up to being this vulnerable and, and the pain and the frustration and the the diligence it takes is 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 tough work and you know as everyone on the stage will tell you um achieving these things that you want in life it, it you know in a beautifully perfect world and in a fantasy it's you snap your fingers and it happens but most overnight successes are 20 years in the making and so i just want to applaud you and the transferability you know as teachers we know this you know you take a success in one area and you use it to you know prod the student to use that those skills in another area and you're doing that so your teaching has come in in handy and i want to add to your mantra i can do this um you know as marie said you know these affirmations are so um, powerful and i always think of the little train that could i can do this i want to do this i choose to do this i love to do this I am a beautiful work in progress and I love chipping away what doesn't work, what no longer serves me so I can be an even better version of myself. So you can really embellish the, the you know, mantra or the affirmation and make it even more um, powerful. So I just, um, I just love you so much and I'm so proud of you and I wish I was still practicing Los Angeles because I, I would... I would start a grief group just for you because you're so awesome. Um, but I probably couldn't have you in there because I know you. So anyway, um, anyway, thanks. Thank you all so much. All right. And if I hear of a grief group uh, that I know of. Oh, I, thank I, you. Yes. Yeah. Message me. That'd be great. Yeah. I know a couple of providers down there. So I'll check if they know of a group for you. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Tazy. I'm just, just going to move you back into the audience. I love this conversation. So much has come out of it. Uh, I just want to add a, just a couple of things, and then I'm going to ask King if he's available uh, to do a room reset before we go over to Horatio, who's been waiting on stage. But a lot has come out of that conversation, and we go through hard times. Uh, there are people that we lose in this world and, and uh, that we'll miss forever. And memories are so great. I, I have my, my mother, my dear mom, she passed away 
um, about four years ago. And but I see her every day. I see her on this uh, this uh, uh, it's a small frame, and pictures come up every time. And I have people that mean a lot to me in in my world uh, show up all the time. And there are times I'll be sitting in, in my room reading or watching TV and mom shows up and I, hey mom, how you doing? And I have that conversation with her and it really, it, it soothes my soul and my heart to be able to look at her and I, I remember those fond memories. I spoke about time a little bit earlier when we started this room is that we don't know how much time we have with people. The important thing is that we make the best of our time and make sure that we love the people who are in our lives uh, so much and that we let them know that because time is not guaranteed to anyone. So if there's someone in your life that you need to remind them that you love them and that you appreciate them, make sure that they know that. And if you are with them, give them a hug before they leave. They may never see you again or you may never see them again. So let's take our moments and truly make the very, very best out of it. What I also love from the conversation, Daisy said, I can do better. She's got this wonderful mantra. And Dr. Allison added to that too, the I am statements. I am amazing. I am great. I, I can. And she also used the I can and I will. I love those statements. We can also use the you are statements when you're talking about yourself. You could look at yourself in the mirror. You could say, you know what, Paul, you are amazing. You are this, you are that. How many times do we appreciate it when somebody tells us that matters to us? Somebody that really matters to us, they recognize us and they say, Dr. Allison, you're amazing. You are so great. Or Michelle, you're so great. King, you're so great. Candice, you're so great. Jacqueline, Horatio, anyone. How do we feel when someone recognizes us and says we're great? Why don't we do that to ourselves? Why don't we say that to ourselves in the third person? Look at yourself in the mirror, use your name and say, you're amazing, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that. And don't only say the words, believe them. Put some passion into what you say. Be passionate about yourself because it starts with you. You, you have to have a great relationship with yourself if you ever expect to have a great relationship with anyone else. If you're, we are works in progress, and I believe Dr. Allison mentioned that as well. I have to remind ourselves that we're works in progress and that we are versions of ourselves that we're better, we're better than we were. Because as, as uh, Taisy reminded us of this morning, I can do better. And it's, a, it's not a critical slap in the face. It's like, hey, I can do better. I can do better. I'm going to keep on working on that muscle of love. I'm going to keep on working on that muscle of being just a, a warm individual who supports and helps other people, who loves and supports myself. I am going to be the one who makes it happen because nobody else is going to do it for me. I can do better. So I love that. Love that. Love that. Uh, King, uh, if you are ready, you can do a room reset, and then we're going to go over to Horatio. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, Paul. And thank you to everyone who's joined us today for another session of the Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Sabotage Room. And of course, this room is hosted by the Take Control of Your Life Club. So if you aren't already a member of the club, tap the greenhouse above my head and become a member. That way you'll be able to join us on all the rooms that we run. And of course, if anyone does have something that they might want to come and share on stage, raise up your hand sooner rather than later just to make sure that you do get up here on stage because we will uh, only we'll run the roof for another 50 minutes, I guess, because uh, we do try to keep the rooms at about two hours in length and the rooms happen every Saturday at noon Eastern time. So if we aren't able to get you up on stage uh, this week, I definitely recommend that you come back next week and raise up your hand early to get yourself on, in the queue. But of course, if you aren't able to speak, the room chats are open and will remain open for the entirety of the room. So if you have questions or comments that you want to share in the room chats, uh, jump in there and do that and we'll do our best to address them as uh, soon as we can. And uh, finally, of course, if there's anyone that you know of that might uh, benefit from the discussion going on here, anyone you know that has questions or comments, ping them into the room and also share the room if you haven't already, because it definitely helps to get the room out there for those who might actually uh, benefit from it if they don't already know that's going on. So we thank you very much in advance for sharing it, whether it's here on Clubhouse or off on your social media channels. We thank you very much for that. And uh, like I said, if anyone does want to come up and share, make sure you raise up your hand sooner rather than later. And of course, the final thing is if you're here on Clubhouse and I do uh, want to say hi to Barbara and Dixon. I see your party hats there. It's rare to see new uh, people on Clubhouse these days. So that's always great and fun. And of course, make sure that you, you know, get and engage with people. And of course, the uh, Clubhouse algorithm determines so much by the people you follow, the rooms you go into, and just, you know, the, the way that you engage with the platform. So make, you know, every moment count, you know, engage with people that you like, go into rooms that you like, and you know, take a look around the room here and not just the people, on, you know, on stage. And uh, of course, the moderators up here are fantastic and amazing people that add so much to your life. So I definitely recommend that you follow them here on Clubhouse and also on Instagram and Twitter as well. But look around the room, look to your left, look to your right, you know, and read everyone's bios, check out, you know, their social medias. And if someone resonates with you, give them a follow as well, because it gives you a chance to connect with them a little more deeply. And it gives you, you know, it gives you a chance to reach out to them in many other different ways as well. So I definitely highly recommend that if you haven't already, because it'll just make your time here so much better and you know who knows you might just make a new friend along the way as well too so um so yeah if uh with uh, that i think i'm done my rambling here and i will pass things back over to paul if you're ready paul to uh continue on this journey certainly am thank you king for the great reset horatio welcome to the stage uh, the microphone is yours if you're there good morning paul good morning the rest of the moderators and everyone in the room it's my first time here. I'm, I'm on a nice little road trip right now, so it was nice to stumble, stumble in on this room. Um, my name is Horacio. Uh, I know it's Horatio Shakespearean, so I get that all the time. Um, but I, I just loved. I've been loving the conversation. I, I'm really loving your words, Paul. I've been diving deeper and deeper into the teachings of Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. It sounded like most of the things you were saying were aligned. But I'm open to opinions on these teachings. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I wish my brother Robert, who is a moderator in this room, would be here. Uh, he normally is, and today he wasn't able to make it. But he is a philosopher and knows all those great writings. I get so much from him. 
But yes, I, I love the fact that much of what we say here today, some great thinkers have been speaking these words from the beginning of time. And uh, they, they just leave us. We got Socrates, we've got Plato, we've got all these great teachers who were not always unique in the thoughts that we have today, the experiences that we're going through. And um, Horatio, I think that you would appreciate this as well. Some of the things that we're going through now, you're probably looking back at it and saying, oh, yeah, you know, this is what they went through, uh, you know, 500 uh, BC or 1000 BC when this was first written. So we can learn from the wisdom of so many of our ancestors and our great thinkers who looked up at the stars and said, what is there out there? Or who looked at human behavior and said, what is it that we can do? We can do better. Well, whatever it is, we can think different thoughts. You want to give us a couple of examples and, and uh, do drop in next week. I think the conversation with with my brother Robert would be amazing. So uh, am, I spell, or am I saying it right? Horatio? Yes, I mean in, in Spanish, in Spanish it's Horacio, but in English it's Horacio. Gotcha, Horacio. Okay, I'm I'm learning a little bit of Spanish. Uh, but any uh, any thoughts and anything that you wanted to share with us? One of the statements or something that was profound to you that was said. Yeah, uh, what you just said recently about um, I definitely do get more excited and fulfilled whenever a friend or a peer notices my you know gives me compliment and i i wish i wasn't so hard on myself and and i wish i can deliver myself that same fulfillment uh because through this uh self-discipline and uh you know i i, I am practicing uh I, I am sober almost 36 months i am i'm six days away from a bodybuilding composition it's been a very crazy path seven months, uh, as well as being a working actor, doing all of these things and living in Los Angeles and keeping a social life. Um, there's a lot that I need to stay grounded in. And I feel like I'm very hard on myself. So the, the most recent thing you just said about uh, being able to receive the words, uh, the positive words to yourself is, uh, is something I, I, I needed to hear today. So thank you. You're most welcome. And it's so true. I know myself, it hurts when I slap myself in the face. And when I put myself down, it's like I'm slapping myself in the face. I keep, uh, I, and I don't, I don't want to slap myself in the face. You know, the hand goes and it starts slapping you. And by the time uh, you're finished, you got a red cheek and you're sore. It's the same when we talk down to ourselves. If we have a friend and the friend, uh, for example, is going to go on a date. She met someone online and she says, oh, I met this nice guy online and uh, I'm going to meet him and he's taking me out for dinner. Then all of a sudden your friend goes on the date and she comes back and and uh, she, uh, you ask her, well, how did the date go? Well, he wasn't really into me that much. And uh, he just, um, I don't know, for some, he, he just cut the date short. And then you respond, well, it's because you're 10 pounds overweight. What were you thinking? You're not that bright either. Would you talk to yourself that way? No. So why do we talk to ourselves that way? Why are we not looking at ourselves and building ourselves up? And we get what we give too, Horatio, is that oftentimes if we give someone a genuine, sincere compliment or just acknowledge them for something that they're doing well, 
it has a way of coming back to us as well. We do, we're not looking for a compliment or something to be said, but why don't we be the givers of these wonderful words of somebody to recognize who they are? Because we don't know what they're going through. Maybe nobody's told them that they matter. I remember as a criminal detective, uh, my job was to uh, interrogate uh, some pretty dangerous people, murderers and such. I remember one in which I, I, the words I used was, and this guy was a biker, uh, 300 pounds. He had committed a few robberies. He was a very violent man. And when I walked into the room, I just said, hey, I'm here to treat you with dignity and respect. And I would hope to get the same thing in return. He started crying. Nobody had ever spoken to him that way. Nobody had ever said to him that they were going to treat him with dignity and respect. And uh, I found that if I treated them the way that I wanted to be treated myself, I got a lot more positive outcomes from those conversations. I could go on and on about that, but thank you for bringing this topic up. It's so true. Let's not only remind ourselves how great we are, let's take it a step further and genuinely compliment someone who is near and dear to us by giving them a few words that they may not have heard in a while. You're just amazing, you're awesome. Did I ever tell you how much of an impact you made in my life? Or have I told you how much I appreciate you or what you're doing? Did I ever tell you that you were, you'd probably be one of the best at doing this? It doesn't hurt guys, it doesn't hurt and it goes a long way. A kindly word so often helps the sad heart on its way, although we do not always see the good it does that day. We could be saving somebody's life. I know that that's happened when I sat down and had a conversation with a complete stranger, only to find out that my kind words, that person turned around to me, that young man turned around to me and said, I was about to kill myself tonight until you came in and you started talking to me. Wow, that can happen. Thank you for that rich conversation. Good luck with the competition. And you're awesome, man. You are awesome. You come back every week. You are welcome in this room, my friend. Go on out there and just just kill it, man. I appreciate that. I uh, joined the room, joined the club. So I'm a member of the Take Control of Your Life, and I'm excited to be back. Have a great weekend, everybody. You too, and thank you so much. Have a wonderful trip, and uh, yeah, create the life that you want to create. And he's working at it 36 months sober. The guy is taking control of his life. This is what we're all about here. Um, it's it's so important to do the work, and he's doing the work. And let's uh, you know what? Let's unmute and let's give him. What are we gonna give him there, Michelle? Or what are we gonna give him, Glenn? Glenn, what are we gonna give him, Glenn? Are you there? <laughs> Paul, it's interesting that you ask, but all of our contestants today will receive one million dollars each for their share. Come on, come on, with it. <laughs> Oh, Did someone win the Mega Millions? Is that what happened? <laughs> they, they won their life back. That's what happened. Yes, it's all you have to do here at the Sabotage Room is just speak your truth and we compensate you financially. Glenn, we're never going to hear the end of this. People are coming chasing after us. No, you know that, right? Hey, you want to learn how to swell a room? That's how you do it. With Monopoly money, with Monopoly money. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, you know what? We're giving out those dollars in, in, in words and thoughts. So, um, hey, you know what? I was just thinking, Glenn, we have you here. We haven't heard the four rooms of consciousness in a while. I don't know if you're you're up to it or if you feel... Yeah, and listen, I apologize for the disappearing act. Um, some weird thing showed up on my computer screen. I'm not on my computer. I'm on my phone. But I uh, was taking a look at some emails and all of a sudden some big, you know, warning, warning, attention, Will Robinson. That only means anything to you old timers that watch Lost in Space as oh, kids. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but it was one of those attention Will Robinson moments. So I had to call my computer tech um, who works on things from, you know, remotely, which is just great that he's based in Texas and he's able to help me out here in Georgia if I ever have a computer issue. So I'm really, really fortunate. And I had to uh, get off the line to talk to him. So I'm sorry about my absence. Yes, the four rooms, happy to address that. So what Paul's asking me to share is uh, something that was, uh, I call it heavenly information that uh, was whispered to me uh, gently and so often I will get these clarity downloads. Um, they are instinctual, they are intuition. Uh, that is, my belief is that it exists in everyone. And the variance from one to, no, from one to the next is not whether or not you have a gift of clarity, but whether or not you adhere to it, whether or not you honor it, whether or not you obey it. And... I think the word here I'm looking for is value, whether or not you value your own understandings from within. I have, my whole life I have referred to them as whispers, and those whispers are not always gentle nudges. Sometimes they take the form of a shout, um, but what I've noticed is they also tend to not browbeat us, and that if we don't value them, they will remain dormant. And they're not resentful of us, but they're just not going to keep knocking on the door when we don't answer the door. If it's clear that we don't answer the door, then we don't get that wisdom. But if we do answer the door, and we answer the door regularly, and we do adhere to that infinite wisdom, then we are given downloads on a regular basis. So there's the sort of preface to it, and here's the download itself. The first room of consciousness is the room of impossibility. And do take the time to write these down, because they will change your life most assuredly. I say that with absolute confidence. Impossibility. The theme word of room one is no. And this is where all good ideas are vetoed. Anything that comes up, you will campaign if you are a room one occupant, you will campaign for why it can't be done. And these are the naysayers of life. And quite often, you know, you'll go to share a dream with someone, uh, something you feel like you want to do, and someone says, well, but have you considered this? And they can't wait to try to shoot down your dream. That is evidence of a room one personality. Again, room one is called impossibility, and the theme word is no. There are only four of these. Room two, we go from possibility, from uh, impossibility to possibility. And the theme word of room two is maybe. That is known as the room of neutrality. It is neither pro nor con. It is neither plus nor minus. It is neither yes nor no. It simply says, tell me more. I'm listening. So this is the birthplace of openness in room two. 
open to new ideas, open to new possibilities. It's the room of listening, and the theme word is maybe. Now we move to room three. Room three is the first room where we are actually showing a leaning forwardness, and that is called probability. Room three is probability. And the theme word of room three is likely. That is the mindset that leans forward and sees certain outcomes as being likely. And they are leaning in a favorable way. This will likely work. This is the birthplace, by the way, of optimism, where they see that it will most likely go a particular way. And this is where enthusiasm is born. So optimism and enthusiasm, two really charged words, beautifully charged words. And in case you ever want to look up the word, don't take my word for it, or feel free to take my word for it. But if you want to go further and look it up, the word enthusiasm stems from theos, and theos is the word for God. I didn't make this stuff up, it's, it's, but it's worth understanding that when someone is enthusiastic, the root word, uh, the root of that word rather, simply means to be radiating the Spirit of God. When someone does something enthusiastically, that's what it means. So that's what occurs in room three, and then room four is the room of inevitability. And not so surprisingly, their theme word is the opposite of room one. Their theme word is a resounding yes. They are yes-sayers. They believe in everything unfolding beautifully and in a favorable way long-term. They think macro instead of micro. And they don't sweat the small stuff. And whenever today is feeling somewhat challenging, when you're a room four dweller, you don't panic because you understand life is about the big picture. It's what is in process. It's not about what shows up today. And every day doesn't have to be harvest season. People that are in room four are okay with toiling the soil. They are okay with planting. They are okay with watering. They are okay with being patient because they are pronoic in their beliefs. This is a word stemming from the word pronoia, where we believe that life is conspiring on our behalf to have a favorable outcome. So again, just for review, room one, impossibility, theme word no. Room two, possibility, theme word maybe. Room three, probability, theme word likely. And room four, my favorite room, my home court, is inevitability where the theme word is yes. And I encourage you to list your own habits and your own patternings. Look at your patterns and see where do I spend most of my time? And there's no right, wrong, good or bad, but until you can evaluate the place you call home, it's really challenging to move on to a different place. But if you can identify, wow, why have I built my home in impossibility? Why have I built a home there? Why have I chosen to not just drive through it, but I purchased my home there? And I'd like to sell that home. I'd like to, in fact, I don't even have to make money on it. I'll just give up my home. How about that? I won't wait for a sale. I'll just leave the home that I built in Impossibilityville, and I will move out of it and start working my way up to possibility, probability, and ultimately inevitability. So there's that, Paul, and I believe that that will inevitably 
help everyone who just listened to it. Oh, I so agree with that. Come on with it. That is so true. We all strive to be in the fourth room. That's the best. Thank you so much for that, Glenn. And I hope that everybody has been writing those things down. And yes, you sell the ones that aren't working for you, the impossibility, let's sell that one. You know, that's going to be a cheap buy anyways, the possibility, probability and inevitability. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Uh, Jacqueline, you haven't uh, introduced yourself, and I see that your uh, your picture there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Could you introduce yourself to uh, to our room? Sure. Thank you so much. You know, Glenn, I love you, my friends. You're brilliant. I love your downloads, and I can never hear that too many times as my reminder to keep stepping through each door and um, and get into that fourth door. So thank you for sharing that with us all today. Um, I always find new words when I hear you say that. You're welcome. You're most Mm -hmm. welcome. Love you, my friend. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jacqueline Way. Um, So great to see so many friends here. Marie, TZ, um, Lee, you know, Arthur. It's just, it feels like I come home every time I come here on Saturday mornings. Uh, My name is Jacqueline Way. I am the founder of a charitable organization called 365 Give. And it started as a personal parenting project with my son when he was just three years old to teach him how to give back to the world. And what I came to realize is it became my own mindful and spiritual practice um, that has allowed me to truly understand who I am, which I believe we all are, and that is love. And so I am the one that encourages people to spread love like crazy all over the world because that's the way that we can all come together in community um, and at a global scale to change the world and create the world we all want to live in. So thank you so much, everyone, for being with us today. I'm always happy to be here with this amazing group of people um, to help us all. You know, there's none of us here on stage, um, whether we have a green bean or not, that are uh, not victims ourselves to our own self-sabotage. So I appreciate everybody being here. And we're all just here to, to lift each other up and to raise that vibration and to be aligned with who we truly are. So thank you so much, Paul. Thank you, Jacqueline, and uh, appreciate you being here as always. You know, another thing that Glenn brought up are the whispers and how we should be listening to the whispers because they don't stay with us all the time. And I, I one example, Glenn, I think I shared with you and I shared with this room is the book, the first book that I wrote, Take Control of Your Life. Uh, I was not in any frame of mind to write a book. I did not want to write a book. I had no desire whatsoever to write a book. And I kept getting people who uh, were whispering to me, you should write a book, you should write a book, you should write a book. And I kept saying, no, no, no. And then I found myself with some time on my hands back in 2014 um, in between work, in between jobs. And a whisper came to me, Glenn. And the whisper was, was soft write a book. That, that's what it was, write a book. And I said, no. And the whisper got louder, write a book. And finally, I gave in to that whisper after about the third time. And I had no idea how to write a book. So I went to a bookstore, bought a book on how to write a book, and the rest is history. But you're so right about that, Glenn, is that whispers will come to us, and we should listen to them because they know things that we don't. And I know that you have a story, Glenn, in which a whisper saved your life and your son's life. And I'll remember that always. And that's powerful, powerful story um, of whispers. So yes, listen to the whispers, 
they may set you on a path that you never expected to take. And if you don't listen to them, they'll go away. They'll find a new recipient. Dr. Allison, did you want to I add something? I just want to share a beautiful quote by Molly Good. And it the quote is, let your heart guide you. It whispers, so listen closely. Oh, I love that. That is so good. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> so hello, everyone. I just wanted to say that um, if you have just joined us, we are having a wonderful uh, conversation. Uh, Marae was up a little bit earlier talking about the power of affirmations. And she had a situation in which a relationship wasn't the greatest and she had to step back and take a look at whether she wanted to continue in that and making the choices of who to surround yourself with. So that was a great conversation that Marae brought in. Tay who joins us often, she came in and she spoke about uh, the dealing with grief and looking for support and also stepping in to the successes and building on those successes, reminding us that we can do it. I can do better was the affirmation that she used. Uh, Pete, who was here a little bit earlier, he was talking about uh, just people at work and sometimes we don't know their stories or why they show up in our lives or what they're going through and it's important that we just recognize people and that you know we try to be kind to one another and if somebody joins a new group organization team whatever why don't we be the the people that welcome them and make them feel good um Horatio, uh, who was just with us, uh, he's on a road trip. He talked about overcoming uh, difficult things and uh, how how he's gone, you know, 36 months into something new and he's about to go into a, a competition and he's working on himself. And it's so important. He's not giving up so many things. And uh, Glenn has shared with us the the four rooms of consciousness and Dr. Allison, well, she gave us a lot of tips on I statements and everything. And every one of my moderators have, have given us some great conversations and things to think about. So this is the kind of room that you want to be in. Uh, before I go to, um, I think it's Kashia, I wanted to say uh, I was in a room a couple of weeks ago. I now pronounce you. And uh, I, I thought it was going to be a clubhouse wedding is what I thought. I was invited. It was about a 9, 9 p.m. on a Saturday. It was one of these pop-up rooms. And it was a room that was put on by our beautiful Michelle and our wonderful Glenn. And it was, how do you pronounce yourself to be in this world? Now, let's think about that. How do you show up? How are you pronouncing yourself to others? Um, how are you pronouncing life to be? Are you the one who looks at life and says, it's so damn hard, I can never make it? Or are you saying, is that what you got? <laughs> How are you pronouncing life to be? Who are you walking through the door as? Are you joy? Are you anger? Are you brilliant? Are you shy? So how do you pronounce yourself to be is such a big theme, is that we have to choose the role that we play in our lives. We are the directors of our own stories. We write the next chapters in our book. Nobody's gonna write that chapter for you. You gotta write it. You pick up the pen, you say, okay, how do I want the next chapter of my life to be? What character do I write myself in to be? Am I a superhero? Am I someone who serves others? Am I, or you could go to the dark side. Am I a loser? Am I sad? Am I this? Am I that? I hope you don't write that kind of story. 
Because at the end of our lives, folks, uh, I said this in this room and I'm going to say it again. When I'm on my deathbed, I do not want to be surrounded by the ghost of missed opportunities who said, you could have brought us to life. You could have wrote that, that story. You could have sang that song. You could have asked that person out. You could have made a difference in the world, but you didn't. So you really disappoint us. I don't want it that. At the end of my life, I want the ghost of rock and roll who say, way to go. What a journey that was. Can't wait for the next one. You did awesome. So let's write the chapters the way that we want our lives to story uh, to unfold and not the way other people might think because we matter the most. It's up to us. And it's not always going to be easy. I know a lot of people think, you know, it's so hard. Yeah, it is. Sometimes life knocks us down. But as Rocky has said, we don't have to stay on our knees. We can get back up and we can say, is that what you got? Because I've got more. I've got more in me. And I can take this. I can do this. I am doing this. I'm going to change the I can to I am. I am strong. I am capable. I am successful. I am rich. And then you go and you get it. So that's what I would like to add to that. So thank you for joining us. And uh, Glenn, over to you. Yeah, Paul, I just wanted to uh, toss this out there as a helpful way to uh, experiment with your life this week which is to taste test your life. I'm fascinated by why more people don't use this approach. And you taste test by adding or eliminating, right? So something you've been doing. I ran an experiment on my own life this week by uh, eliminating a particular substance in my diet. And I have to tell you that it is a really good taste test that I ran because I feel even better. And I wasn't feeling bad, right? There's a saying that good is the enemy of great. I felt fine, but I feel noticeably even better a week later having run this experiment. So taste test your life. When you do certain things, taste your life. How does my life taste right now? How do I feel? That's what I mean by how do I taste? How does my life taste after acting this way? How does my life taste after doing this? How, do I, how does my life feel and taste when I practice this particular habit? When I use this ugly tone, then track how you feel afterward. Am I uplifted by using an ugly tone? And so you begin playing your life like a fine game of gin rummy where you draw and discard what doesn't work. You draw and you keep the keepers and you discard those things that impede your life. And it really, really helps. Wow, I love that taste test. I'm gonna start using that myself. Yeah, so very, very important. Uh, thank you so much for that, Glenn. Uh, Any one of my moderators want to add something? All right, we'll go over to, uh, is it Kashea? Kashaya? It's Kashaya. Okay, thank you so much for correcting me. And welcome. <laughs> Over to you. Absolutely. How are you this morning? Oh, or this afternoon. Well, right? you know what? I'm doing fantastic because you're here. There you go. <laughs> well, much appreciated. You know, the beautiful thing about having other people speak before you is that, you know, they said everything that you were thinking. And you could just add on by saying thank you for confirming my thoughts. This goes to everyone who spoke. Thank you for confirming my thoughts. Thank you for 
um, just being that reminder that I needed. And thank you for showing up this Saturday. I really appreciate everyone who did speak and I got a lot of information. I wrote down a lot of things. So thank you. Um, one thing I did want to go over for myself was I'm in this space of figuring out what works for me in my life. And I really appreciate Glenn, you can hear my two-year-old in the back. I really appreciate Glenn and the rooms of consciousness. And the question that I wrote down for myself was, which is your homeroom? And I know the answer, my homeroom is possibility. I do say maybe a lot. I do, um, you know, kind of water the situation in a way that isn't, you know, beneficial to me. It kind of just waters it down as opposed to seasoning it, if you may. Um, yeah, um, I could speak for a long time, so I'm trying to condense this as much as I can. But yeah, the space that I'm in right now is really just figuring out what works for my life and getting out of the room of possibility and moving on to the room of probability because I can't, of course, I want to be in, you know, inevitability, but I can't just jump. I can't just skip over it. I have to, you know, pace myself, take steps and really pay attention to everything and where I'm going. That a baby. <laughs> that a girl. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one word that I have been saying a lot is absolutely because I want to live in absolute. I don't want to live in maybe anymore. I want to live in yes. <laughs> So, um, yeah, again, so many people spoke and it was just, it confirmed all of my thoughts. So literally everything that was said is everything, most of what I've been feeling. And I just thank you from Paul to um, the moderators that spoke to Horacio, to Marae, to Tazy, everyone who spoke, just thank you so much. Glenn, especially with the rooms of consciousness, that is that, that's that thing, that light that went off. Like, there it is. That's what I was missing. <laughs> That's the question that I had that was just answered. So thank you so much for that. Um, again, everything was said. So I wrote it down. I, you know, I, what I came here for, I didn't necessarily know, you know, what my question was, but in listening and in really being receptive to the information that was given to me, I figured it out. And now I know what steps to take. And that just really starts with the thinking more positive and accepting where I am now and knowing where I want to be. So, thank you. Michelle? Wow. Oh, you, I just hear so much joy in who you are. I mean, and you've sat this entire time and, you know, listened uh, deeply. And I can hear that. And it's such a wonderful feeling, right? When we hear people are listening deeply, um, it's really empowering because the conversation's so much richer. And I just wanted to tell you that it, you know, having you on the stage brings joy to me. And I choose to just kind of listen to where your energy is and, you know, the passion and the openness and the curiosity. And, you know, I think a lot of times we forget that we are spiritual beings going through this material world and this material experience of being in this, you know, three-dimensional body. And, we forget that we're bigger than our circumstances and we forget that what happens to us, you know, is, is nothing compared to who we are. And I can hear you understanding and knowing 
uh, uh, some part of yourself is there already, which I just, I just wanted to highlight because I think, you know, the more we are open to the gamut of human emotions and affairs that go on, you know, experiences, uh, the more opportunity we have to live within possibility. And you said you lived there, you know, so it's like you're daily walking, you know, through us like a symphony, a melody and harmony of change and challenge, heartache, ecstasy, sadness, you know, sorrow, um, pain, joy. And, and so we, that's in a day sometimes, right? We, we, we're in the, we're in the highs, we're in the lows. Um, and sometimes we do find ourselves teetering, uh, you know, between all of that, right? Uh, and, and there's such power in, in listening to ourselves. And you did that, you know, you found a place to pause. Everyone else had said something that you had, you know, wanted to say. And yet just by pausing, you were able to bring such value to the table here today. And so I just wanted to highlight, you know, what a, what a beautiful soul uh, I see uh, here sharing herself with us. And I just wanted to thank you for being you. And Mon Mike, back to you, Paul. Thank you. I, I, I'm going to just uh, parrot everything you said. Just, uh, yeah, exactly what you said. What a joy to have you on stage here. And uh, King, I see you flashing. Did you want to add something? I just wanted to quickly uh, say thank uh, Kasia for joining us today. And also, at, um, I'm so glad that she did find us. Um, and I mean, just the incredible things that you've sort of realized and learned just in the short period of time that you've been in this room listening. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, if, if you're available next week as well, I mean, I'd love for you to come back after you've had a week to sort of process uh, everything that you've gotten from the room just to see, you know, because you've already, you know, realized so many amazing things in a week. I can't imagine what other incredible revelations you might have that would definitely help everyone in the room as well. So if you are available next Saturday too, I just want to, you know, I invite you to come join us again and uh, hopefully Hopefully we'll, we'll see you uh, again another time in the room. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm so glad that you found us. And that's it for me. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you for joining us. Just going to tuck you back into the audience. There we go. And yeah, you know, I too hear so many things in this room that are reminders. I don't know if it was Dr. Allison who said this a little bit earlier, but somebody did. It might have been Candice. That we need these reminders to kind of help us through uh, different things. And, and when we hear something again, like when Glenn talks about those four rooms, I'm reminded of the richness uh, of that. And it, it sticks with me. And when speakers come up and they share part of their life with me, it brings these thoughts to me. And when my wonderful moderators are giving tips and advice and direction, I'm thinking, yeah, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. I, I'm, I appreciate hearing that because when I fill myself with good things, good things come out of me. And I do believe that that's true to everyone is surrounding ourselves. We talked about it. If you surround yourself with garbage, people who are garbage, if you watch garbage, if you, if you listen to garbage, then you are likely tainted full of garbage. However, if you surround yourself in rooms like this with people who are supporting one another, people who are sharing their thoughts, their dreams, um, their challenges, and others who are giving advice and direction, and you're saying, yes, yes, that applies to my life. It's been answered, um, but I want to hear it again next week. 
and I want to hear it again the week after that. Because the more I hear something, the more it gets committed to my memory and it becomes part of my lifeblood. And I just absolutely love that. So thank you very much for bringing that up in the conversation. And uh, yeah, that was amazing. I, I'm glad that you said that what you said. Glenn. Yeah, Paul, you're talking merely about the principle of saturation, which is really, really key when we discover that anything works. When we saturate uh, ourselves in it and with it, the inevitable outcome is favorable. You know, I get so excited. I'm like Michelle. When I hear someone's tone and it contains enthusiasm and eagerness and clarity and optimism, the long-term projections of that plus time, right? So that's, that's the equation is that attitude plus time, plus not just the willingness to do the work, but the commitment the actual commitment of I am doing it, it only produces favorable outcomes. So I get excited for people when I hear their juice, right, their juicy mental um, sound, then I know that their future is bright because that's the nature of it. You can actually listen to someone for 30 seconds and with great accuracy, predict the overview of their life, their future. You may not hit every you know, situation that they will encounter, but I'm just telling you, people who think well, do well. I so agree with that. And here on Clubhouse, we have our voice. You see our pictures, but we have our voice, the tone of your voice, the words that you use and how passionate you are about it makes such a big difference. Thank you, Glenn. I like that, I wrote that down. Uh, I take notes all the time. So the principle of saturation, that is so very true. Um, I was reminded of the law of familiarity, uh, but I, I'll get onto that topic maybe next week. So thank you, Glenn, for that. Well, have you noticed that a steak, if you put it in Worcestershire sauce, that if you let it marinate or saturate, that after a while it goes into oneness with the meat and it's now going to taste like Worcestershire sauce, which is pleasurable if you like Worcestershire sauce. So when you think of what we're exposing ourselves to, what do you want to taste like as a human being? Think about that. What taste am I presenting to the world and then marinate in the thing you wish to taste like? Because whatever you marinate in is what you're going to taste like to the world. Oh, come on with it. Come on with it. That's right. <laughs> now, I, I, I like a little bit of, I can't even say the word, I, I don't know, um, that W sauce. <laughs> but you're right. Come on, um, Paul. You got amazing. this. Worcestershire. 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 And if you want Wor to get very fancy, it's Worcestershire. Oh, Worcestershire. Right? Yes, yeah, there yes. you go. See, you got I it. I do the accent of Worcestershire sauce. A little bit of <laughs> marination for the sauce for tonight's oh, Listen to Paul. Come on with it. Come on with it. Thank you, Glenn. Another gem that you have provided to this room. I so appreciate you, man. All right. So Hitomi has been waiting so patiently. Are you there, Hitomi? Just flash your mic. Open your mic. The microphone is yours. 
Good morning, everyone. It is so great and wonderful to be surrounded by my inspiration. I don't know how I can follow uh, what Glenn had said. Uh, he just gave all of us a secret recipe, the saturation. That is the recipe for beingness. Oh my gosh. It is hard to be still in the moment of chaos in every predicament, um, hard to stay in our lane. I still have a lot of growing pains. I've anchored so much in this room and activated my throat chakra. I'm a chakra healer, a lie. I do alignment, but it's, it's sometimes challenging to my own self too, because of what we go through every day. And um, following, what uh, Miss Daisy had said, I do have, I can empathize with the grief. I have lost two children. And yes, there are high and lows uh, in that life. And I do honor um, our ancestors. We came from the same um, source. So yeah, uh, we are the effect of that cause. And I truly believe that. And staying in my lane, having that cause and effect. Um, my cause is really for women and children because women gives that light, life um, that brought us here on earth. And I do believe after Glenn had mentioned that we are a product of love. Operating from love is, um, love is a very broad concept. So, um, but I am fortunate that I am surrounded by loved ones and I came to know now how we are all intertwined listening to your stories. I mean, um, Horatio itself, he said he's, he's going to do a competition. Me, I've been in the bodybuilding arena for quite a while. I'm pursuing another stage and um, level of challenge to become a bodybuilding judge. So I am in a natural bodybuilding arena. So you cannot take any supplements, any enhancement, no doping in the um, natural bodybuilding. So it is hard for someone like me um physically with the age so that itself can limit your mental ability to you know to push through and um stripping out away foods from your diet is also difficult in adding new things that your body can possibly react or respond in a negative or a positive way and i have done this applications uh that actually works uh, in different types of predicament, whether it's diet, whether it's like um, in my emotional um, situations, I came out from two narcissistic abuse, uh, physical abuse in my previous marriage. Um, and I was able, that's once upon a time. So every day is a renewal, forgiveness, and then you get back to your own innocence. And I just, you know, try to speak life to myself while listening to the people who are speaking over our lives too. So I became more inclined with um, spirituality. Um, this thing is really innate to us, knowing where we came from, honoring who 
um, are parts of our families, our loved ones, that mental accountability, you know, uh, lifts us up knowing that you have people in your life. So family, friends, or people that can bring any positivity in life are really important. And when it comes to that, now there is something for you more than the breath itself that you can be grateful for. So yeah, Dr. Allison keeps on reminding us about gratitude. Um, Miss Jacqueline is always um, reminding us about giving because you know, we are here because of grace and mercy, that itself, because somebody had fought bigger battles, bigger wars for us not to, you know, carry so much burden. Yes, uh, like people in here are in service of their mankind. I came from a developing country where, you know, basic life necessity is already a problem, uh, a demise. So knowing that, you know, we, we struggle with um, mental health issues. I have a seven-year-old. So for me, even in the youth aspect, mental health is being um, approached very well here in America. We are always a, par uh, a part of that, you know, um, community that can enrich um, mental health awareness for our youth. Um, I encourage my daughter, she's already watching um, some psychology uh, uh, that brings positivity. I mean, Frozen itself, the lyrics on behind those um, music is really crafted to lift up people. So Glenn was right when he says everything that is negative that you may pick up from the collective you know, can trigger some things from the past. So, yeah, but if it comes out, you know, um, how do you respond back? So, yeah, forgiveness, going back to innocence, gratitude, and gratifying. I love you all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. Thank you, Hitomi, for sharing. Uh, you brought up so many beautiful words, right? Generosity, everything. It's just lovely to hear that. Uh, life is not always going to be easy, but if we take the time in our lives to be grateful for what we do have and grateful for where we're going and make those conscious decisions, um, you're into fitness. And we heard, uh, you know, that, that that's a passion of yours and everybody has their different passions. The important thing is that we keep on moving forward. We keep on creating the best life for ourselves and we take the time to be grateful for what we have. And a lot of people don't do that enough. Jacqueline, did you want to say something? Just really quickly, Paul. And, you know, one of the things that I heard you said, and I think this can be applicable for many people here, including myself, you know, and as much as, you know, I hear that you can't compete because, you know, because of your age and your body does change. And yes, absolutely. It's a new stage and a new phase, but look at the brilliance and the wisdom and the experience that you can take to others with this new stage of our lives. And I think we all have to remember that, that sometimes, you know, not sometimes, but as we get older, we have to me more ability and more to share and more to give to others in regards to um, the life that we have lived. And that's what I really want you to do is continue to take that part of yourself forward even if you can't compete at the same level that you used to take that wisdom forward. You know, I don't think we, we use the wisdom of our elders enough to really dig in, you know, ZZ and she's not here today. 
Um, you know, but Zizi shares so much of that of herself. Um, and I'm happy to claim myself as one of those older, uh, wise people that I like to share my wisdom uh, with others here. And, and I embrace that. Um, and I'm celebrating every single year that I have to, to give and share um, what I've learned with others. So I want you to keep doing that, my friend. Paul, may I add something? Of course here? you can, Glenn. And I'll, I'll keep it brief, but Jacqueline really said something beautiful there because it's all about our attitude. So, so for example, it's very readily identifiable that she is leaning forward into her own aging. She's leaning forward into it. So she's not apologizing for it. She's not feeling lesser than. She's not on the downslope of life. She is embracing it, which calls up all sorts of pop-up windows, all of which are good all based on the fact that she's not resisting it and she's not disliking it, she's not ashamed of it, but instead she's saying, here I am world, and it's beautiful that I'm such and such an age. And a year ago it was beautiful, and 10 years before that it was beautiful, and a year from now or a day from now or five years from now, it will continue to be beautiful because I am of the mindset to bless every mile marker of my life just as it is and just as it is not. That's true joy. So congratulations on that, Jacqueline. It's beautiful. Oh, I absolutely love that. Jacqueline, did you want to respond to that? I, I don't need to say anything. Thank you, Glenn. I love you, my friend. And I do embrace it. And I love being over 50 because to me, these are, these are the best years, you know, this is when I get excited because a lot of what we're talking about today, the self-sabotage and not the confidence. And I, you know, I feel like I'm so much over that now. I don't wallow in the self-sabotage anymore, but I've also gone through the process of all of the things that we're talking about here today, right? The practices and the repeated behavior and changing our mind. So I love and I'm celebrating and I can't wait for every year that I continue to get in my life and every year that I get to share with others. So thank you, Glenn. And yeah, I say bring it on. <laughs> I love it. But Tommy, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us and for sharing that. It's so very important. You know, it, while we talk about uh, age and aging, number one, if you have reached a certain age, be grateful that you reached it. So many people don't. They don't make it past their 10th birthday, their 20th birthday, their 30th birthday. I almost lost my nephew, who's 33 years old. Um, I made a post on time and how precious it is and how you can lose someone in a New York second. That person can be gone or you can be gone. And the importance of just appreciating and being so grateful for the people in your life. And this week was a challenge for my family, and it appears that he's going to be okay. He's had some major surgery, and I'm not sure um, if it's fixed everything, but it had to do with blood, uh, his veins, and blood clots. It was just a reminder of me how precious life is, and we don't know if we're going to make it to our 50th, 60th, 70th, or 80th. But on that note, how do we want to reach those latter years? And it takes work to create something. It takes work to create fitness. It takes work to create a solid and uh, strong mind. And we got to put the work into it. 
because I know people, and I'm, I'm talking to everyone here, you probably know people too. Think and imagine in your life, someone who's about 40 or 45 years old, and yet they are uh, behaving as though they are 70, 80, or 90. Uh, they've let themselves go. Uh, they're uninterested in, in life, or they're complaining about chronic pains or this or that. I know people. I went to a funeral just a few years back, and I'm standing there, and uh, right behind me was a guy that I worked with, and he was younger than me, and he looked about 30 years older. I'm not kidding. I looked at him, and he had a gut on him, and oh, he's looking at me saying, oh, Paul, you look really good. How do you respond to that? Like, uh, <laughs> you look, um, hey, so nice to see you. We have to put the work into it. And that means exercising our body and eating well and uh, just putting the work into it. Because if we are blessed to grow old, we have a choice. You either grow old or you grow old well. And that means taking those walks and, and maybe going to the gym every day, working at it, reading, keeping your mind active, getting out there, dancing, doing things that are fun, but just not letting it go. And what I mean letting it go, don't let your mind go. Don't let your body go. Don't feed yourself with stuff that's going to kill you. You know, it's, it's saturate yourself in good things, right, Glenn? Saturate yourself in good things. Surround Come yourself. on with it. That's it. Come on with it. So thank you for listening. All right. We have Amanda. And Amanda, I've heard so many nice things about you. Michelle speaks so highly of you. I'm so glad that you joined us. And thank you for waiting. I hope I'm saying this to, to you when you're listening because I could be speaking to uh, somebody who's not there. Are you there, Amanda? I'm 100%. Ah, good, 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 good. It's over to you, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining I'll keep us. it short because of the time. I just wanted to say from my heart to each of yours, thank you so very much. This has been, I think, the most impactful room I've ever heard you guys do for me personally. So thank you. And my short question is, how do you prepare yourself for life's transitions, whether they're personal or professional? Are there different things that each of you do to help you when you're actually in the thick of it? Oh, I love that question. And I, I am going to add something to that. Yes, I'm going to let my moderator speak first. But number one, don't apologize and, and take the time that you need. Uh, I, I, I want to hear more from you. But that was a great question. Which of my moderators wants to start that one off with? There you go, King. I'll just add very quickly and very simply. I mean, obviously, for me, it's just, you know, gather as much information as I can whenever there are any changes. But most importantly for me, it really is just because you can't really prepare 100% for anything. But just trust yourself. Just trust that you will be able to handle whatever comes your way. Just trust that you will know what you're doing. And, you know, because obviously, you you know if if you're in that situation there's a very good chance that you know you you've you've seen things that are similar before and they and, you, and you're still here and uh, so really like i said just you know the number one thing for me is just try to gather as much information as i can about whatever situation or whatever happens to come my way and but most importantly just to trust myself that i can you know i can handle the situation and that uh, and it's and it's okay as, as well if i really feel like i can't 
I can reach out for help. There's people I can, you know, call call on that will help me with the situation. So trust, you know, what you said, the, the two-step process, trust that you can handle it. And if you can't handle it, that there are people that can, you know, that you know that you can reach out to that can help you. So those, you know, I, I guess I thought it was one, one step, but it's actually two steps. So that's all I have to add for that. Uh, so uh, anyone else uh, who wants to jump in there? Uh, Candice? Yes, thank you, King. And hey, Amanda, thanks so much for the question. I think it's awesome. We're all at some points going through transitions and changes in our lives. And I would say my one uh, piece of advice that I follow through with myself is uh, the power of pause. We don't always give ourselves permission to pause and, and take that time to consciously make the decisions and make intentional choices and purposeful uh, decisions about what that transition or pivot or change is going to look like. Life gets pretty overwhelming and busy at times and we get caught up in whatever we're doing. And so I would say to you is give yourself the permission to pause and really take the time that you need to make some purposeful and intentional decisions about what that transition looks like. Thanks again for the question, Amanda. Wow, nice. Michelle. Well, it feels funny to talk to Amanda on stage because we have so many great talks off stage. Um, and Amanda, you just are a blessing uh, and you're so powerful. And I, I want to highlight that, that you are powerful. So whatever that transition is to number one, remember, you know, the great stuff about who you are, uh, the aptitudes you have. Uh, the courage you've had, how you've been able to, you know, thrive in past transitions. Uh, because I think sometimes when we're faced with a transition or an abrupt change or a change we're thinking of making, um, we are stuck in our current emotions and those override sometimes really understanding what the best perspective could be for moving forward. So I loved what um, Candace said about pausing. I think it's also really important to set reasonable expectations of yourself, right? Because I think otherwise we get stressed because we, we think far out, like we think, okay, I've got this change and it's got to, this is the end result. And it's so far out that there's so much to do and there's so many choices to make. And there's so much sometimes um, self-learning and self-discovery to do including emotions that can be uncomfortable, uh, that we get into stress situations. And so I think setting reasonable expectations and kind of microdosing really, really helps. Um, and what I mean by microdosing is just setting small little self goals, small little self talks that are positive, uh, small little moments of remembering who you are and the power that you have. And then I think lastly, it's really, um, you know, to continue doing what you're doing, which is coming into rooms like this while you're busy, you know, taking on another part of your life and, you know, to stay connected to, you know, either coaches and trainers or people who you love and respect and who, you know, you can walk through these uh, transitional times with, because I always feel like there's so much more power uh, when you feel like you're surrounded with people you resonate with and respect uh, who can support you. That's it, Mike, back to you. I'm gonna turn it right over to Dr. Allison. I just love everything I've heard, um, but I just wanted to add that, um, you know, transitions aren't linear. You know, there's a lot of, you know, moving back and forth and 
you know, turning around and taking different trajectories. And so it's, there's also a resiliency, a ability to realize that this isn't the right path. Uh, I need to, you know, go down this path or I need to go here. Um, because with every transition, you know, it's a time that, you know, as Glenn said, that taste test, it's a, it's a time to do some reality testing and testing is, is this the, what I want to do, what I need to do, um, what feels good. And so there's going to be failure and it's going to be in so helpful to help clarify where you truly want to go and choose to go. And I think for a lot of people, these transitions, instead of thinking, oh my God, duh, 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 they're scary, changing the mindset and saying, what a wonderful opportunity to expand my my horizon, to learn new things, to learn about myself, who I am in this world, where I'm going, what I want, who I choose to be, whether it's a transition in a relationship, a job, a life transition. Uh, there's so much opportunity for growth. Um, and instead of taking on that mantle of fear, taking on the mantle of excitement. So I'm looking forward to hearing uh, more from you in the coming weeks, Amanda. Thank you. Jacqueline. Thanks, Paul. I'm going to make this really quick. Amanda, obviously you can see what an important question you asked. So thank you for asking that question because I think that question is for everyone. And there's been a time in all of our lives where um, that question has been applicable to us. And the only thing I wanted to add, I mean, this group of people is remarkable. I mean, to stand and be able to listen to everybody's wisdom is such a gift for myself as well. Um, and the only thing I wanted to add to it is, you know, I think in, and I'm going to go back a bit to what Glenn says about our whispers and practicing those and practicing our alignment. I think that when we really focus on our own alignment with who we are, when we practice listening to those whispers and we make that our practice every day, that when the big things come into our life, when the, um, whether they're challenges they're that mountain we got to climb there's something new there's a change in whatever part of your life that there is that it doesn't seem quite as uh overwhelming it doesn't seem um as scary uh as uh dr allison had just said as well um everything feels a little bit less overwhelming and i think that i just want to keep going back to what glenn always reminds us and michelle you always say this as well is we have to every day take that time to create the practices that keep us in a vibrational place of steadiness so that the ups and downs don't affect us quite so much and we can always see whether it's good bad or ugly we can see the gift that it is in our own life. So I'm just going to encourage everyone, keep keep listening to those whispers. And then, you know, you're, you're going exactly in the direction that you need to go. Um, and you're going to embrace it. And you're going to say, bring, bring it on, as Glenn would say, you know. Um, and you're going to have fun with every step along the journey. I wish I had done that more in my life <laughs> in the past. So I encourage everyone to keep working towards it. Thanks, Jacqueline. Uh, yes, Candice. Thanks, Paul. Sorry, I just wanted to add, you know, one other thing in listening to my fellow moderators. And um, Amanda, I think it goes along with, you know, transitions and changes into your question. And that's about comfort zones. We all have sort of defined, um, you know, consciously or unconsciously comfort zones for ourselves. And we sort of feel comfortably, 
you know, tucked inside them. And when we have a life change or are making a pivot or a transition, we have to go outside of those comfort zones, which can be overwhelming and scary and, and fearful. But it's what helps us make those greatest changes. And so I would say, you know, the one question I would maybe ask you and leave you with to think about to get you outside of your comfort zone and to help you with, you know, whatever the transition is, is what is the smallest change that you can make today that will have the greatest impact for you tomorrow? And maybe if we chunk it out in little bits, it's less overwhelming. Instead of making one big change, we're making smaller little changes um, at a time. So hope that helps. Love it. Uh, anyone else? Okay, I, I have a, just a couple things to add, Amanda. Uh, personally, when I take a look at some of the transi transitions and transformations in my life, um, I'm reminded of a quote I heard that I absolutely love. Some of the greatest transformations come from the greatest devastations. And that has been true in my life. Some of the biggest challenges that I've had um, have actually, they didn't happen solely to me, they happened for me. And that transformation made me into the person I am today, or it taught me something or it brought me somewhere I never expected to go. So sometimes we look at things in our lives, these, these transitions, and I'm, where's it going to end? Where, where's it going to take me? We don't know. But life is a great big adventure, and we have to be open to it. And sometimes we have to take a look at some of the tough things that have happened in our lives and say, you know what? What's going to happen as a result of that? Who, who am I going to be? How strong am I going to be? And that was the case for me. Had it not been for the, the abuse that I suffered at the hands of my father, I wouldn't have become a cop. Um, had it not been for my divorce, I wouldn't have met some really amazing people in my life who have changed my life forever. So those are tough times that we sometimes go through without realizing that there's something, there may be a gift there because we just don't understand what it is. And if you're starting to go through something, um, you don't have to be great to get started in anything, in any kind of trans, uh, transition to transformation. You don't have to be great to get started, but you do have to get started to get great. And whatever challenges you may be having or whatever transitions that you are going through right now, just remember that there's a reason or there could be a reason why you're going through it. We just don't know the answers to that. But how we choose to respond, and that's the thing. We talk a lot about reacting and responding to life, don't we, Glenn? I would love for you, if you're still there, Glenn, to talk about the difference between a reaction and a response, uh, because it's so true. Life happens to us and we have a choice to react to it or to respond to it. And there's, there is a moment. Could you talk about that, Glenn? Yeah, I'm happy to, Paul. It's a very simple explanation, actually. Uh, the difference between a reaction and a response is the presence of a beat. Just a beat, a moment. Reactions are automatic. Responses include consideration. And it's not necessarily something that takes a great deal of time, but it's still there. It's a consideration. And, you know, I've jokingly said, but I also really mean it, that there is a reason that uh, our firefighters and so forth are not called first reactors. They're called first responders because when someone is looking to save someone's life, what you don't want is someone that's caught up in a reaction to the devastation that is present in front of them. 
What you want is someone who will identify what's going on. That's called observation. I use a technique called OODA. And I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this, Paul, but it's O-O-D-A, OODA. And it stands for Observe, Orient, Decide, and Act. This started out as a military strategy used many, many years ago when smaller armies were thinking in terms of what strategy could be implemented to uh, take down a larger enemy. Well, it turns out it's a great life tip. We don't have to use it for war. I use it for my actors all the time in my workshop. I teach them to OODA everything. Observe, start with an observation of whatever situation you're seeing. What's going on here? That's the first question. What have I stepped into? Then we um, orient, so we adjust to it. Do we move closer to it? Do we stand where we are? Do we back up a little bit? But we're orienting based on what we've observed. Then we move to level three where we make a decision about our engagement. Or is something in need of being done here or not? And if so, what? And then finally, we move to the A in UDA, which is to act. So observe, orient, decide, and act. And I got to tell you, you will UDA your way to greatness when you practice that. So that's the difference between a reaction and a response. Thank you so much, Glenn. You reminded me, I think it was Stephen Covey who came up with an acronym uh, called STOP, and it's very similar to UDA. Uh, the S stops for, uh, means slow down. The T is for think. The O is for observe. And the P is for proceed. And it is taking that moment. So thank you very much. Yes, reacting and responding is an instant. It is taking that instant. And Amanda, um, and, and for anybody here, sometimes there are transitions that we're going through and we don't know, as I said, where it's going to take us. But what we have to remind ourselves of is the things that we can control and the things that we can't control. And sometimes we have to take a look and say, is this something I can control? And if I can't, what is it about this situation I can control. And oftentimes it comes down to controlling our own emotions, controlling our next move. It's, life can be a, a chess game and where am I gonna move next and how am I gonna do that? What vision do I have for myself? And it is taking that time to think and to get deep into our thoughts, uh, maybe do some uh, meditation to say, okay, uh, I've gotta get in touch with myself again who I am, where I want to be, what vision do I have for myself, what new adventure awaits for me, and then these are the things that we can control. How we respond is how we can control. And I see my friend Ruckins has joined us. And Michelle, I saw you on mute. Did you want to ask Yeah, something? I just wanted to add on top of what you just said, what vision and also what values, because I think, my gosh, really, that makes a transition so much easier, and I can't believe I didn't share it. Uh, but it's like when we really know who it is we are, when we've declared that to ourselves in the universe in this moment, doesn't mean that we're going to stay that person because I do believe in being able to shift who we're being. But when we declare that and we, you know, can embrace and pronounce to ourselves the values that are really important to us, that makes a transition so much easier because in a way they're like guardrails for what you can stand and what you can't stand, what may come within your life and what may stay without you. And so I just wanted to add that to what you said, Paul, that was a great chair. 
Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. Yeah, what a great question, Amanda. And yeah, transitions and transformations, let's bring them on. They're going to happen to us, but how we respond to them is going to make a big difference. And sometimes we have to look at situations and say, okay, I don't know what this all means right now, but I will. And I'm going through it and I'm going to be stronger for it. So thank you for that, Amanda. Is there anything that you wanted to add? The only thing is thank you. And while people were talking, I was having the vision of myself with octopus arms and rope around them of the things that I'm carrying. And it's visualizing, well, what happens if I just let go of the rope that's tying me down? So thank you so much. And I can't wait to listen to the replay to go back and take some notes because I'm in the car right now. I just appreciate the time that each of you took to really nurture and to allow me to be seen and heard. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Amanda. I'm just going to tuck you back into the audience. Uh, good luck on your uh, driving and your trip there. Thank you for asking that beautiful and wonderful thought-provoking question about transformations and transitions in our lives. It's so true. We're all going to go through them. And, you know, how we respond to them makes a big difference. And I, I myself have gone through a lot, and I'm still going through a lot. And uh, I learn from each and every one of them. It's amazing. Yes, hey, Paul. Yeah. Um, not only is it a lot, I'm going to make a very bold statement, but I stand behind it. How about it's everything? Our response to stimulus, our response to the day-to-day goings-on of life is everything. Because it's so true, we have been bombarded with evidence as we look as we look at just life, as we look at the world, as we look at our friendships and circumstances, that it is not what happens to a human being that determines their fate, but rather their processing of it. You know, I, I've seen people for years that say, God, I just honestly, more power to you that you can do what you do for a living, but I just, I just personally couldn't handle all the rejection. And I got to tell you, I wouldn't have been able to handle it if I thought of it as rejection, but I don't. I don't process non-hires as rejection. I don't walk away feeling lesser than when someone didn't hire me for a series or a movie. And we've had so many cases over the years of people who have been like you yourself and my own childhood who have been raised in horrific environments, but they chose to not be burdened by their own past. They chose to transcend and to triumph over those circumstances. We've had people literally crawl out of the gutters of life, the worst case scenarios to grow up in, but they had such resilience that they made a decision, listen to this very closely, I am not my circumstance. I am not my circumstance. I am not my upbringing. And we make a conscious decision to override Whatever attempt there was to diminish our beingness, everything comes down to our response. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If we're going to take anything from this room, and I hope we take everything from this room, but respond. How we respond to life is what makes it either great or not so great. I love that. Oh, Pastor Rockins, you have joined us. Um, did you want to add to the conversation? We're getting ready to close the room, but we would love to hear from you. Are you there, Pastor? 
Wow, wow, wow. Good morning, family. My God, Glenn Oda. Jesus, that's much better than Yoda. My God, I'm telling you, that shook me, brother. It, it, it reminded me, Paul, there's a scripture that talks about taking every thought captive and bringing it to the obedience of Christ. And what Glenn said, it just made me think about that. Yes, life comes at us. Thoughts come at us. Things come at us. But it's in that moment that we have the ability to take whatever that thing is, look at it for what it is, and then choose to bring it under the obedience of how we choose to respond to it. Come you know, on with it. <laughs> it. You know, it just it just really got me, Glenn. And the other thing was the identity thing where you talked about we've come up in horrific childhoods. We've come up with, in bad circumstances in our life. And you also brought up how you didn't look at going out on jobs and not being hired as a rejection or a reaction to you as a person. It reminded me of blind Bartimaeus, you know, when he's begging and he's screaming on the side of the road because this dude is a beggar. He's blind. He's tired of being in this way in his life. And he hears an opportunity passing by his way, which is Jesus. And he gets loud and he's son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody like, dude, shut up, man. He's busy. He gets louder. And then finally Jesus turns and said, who is that dude shouting like that? And the disciples uh, say, well, it's that guy over there. Jesus says, he says, bring him to me. And in that moment, blind Bartimaeus was a beggar. And he was going after two things, his sight and a new way of living. And the first thing he did when he got up was he made an identity change. He threw off his garment which represented him as a beggar. He threw off his, I'm about to preach, he threw off his old identity. And even though he couldn't see yet, he saw himself being able to see. So he no longer saw himself being a beggar. He no longer saw himself sitting by the road being blind. He saw himself as a man that was about to have a new start on life. And as he approached Jesus and he asked him, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus said his faith has made him well. He changed his whole dynamic by throwing off the old and making a conscious decision not to stay there in that season of his life anymore. He changed chapters as it were. He's like, you know what? I've been in this chapter too long. I'm a novel in the making, baby. I'm getting ready to flip the page and see what's in the next 10 years of my life. So even though we may be going into transitions in life or we may be aging in life and we may be, it's like Glenn said, it's how we fall into aging. Are we going to fall into it wobbling and hobbling? Are we going to fall into it gracefully and moonwalking into it as it were, as I would do pop locking into it dancing into it you know it's the way we choose to go into it and so the little time that i've been in here listening i've just been immensely blessed but that older thing and then uh, even what you shared uh paul about uh kobe it just really stirred me up and it's like every time i come in this room I'm the better. And it is a continual transformation of learning, adding, and uh, as a community, taking each other higher across the finish line called life. So when we are done, we can say like, Paul, I finished my race. I've run my course. Come on now, somebody. And I can enter into the joy of the Lord or whatever your belief is. But the key is finishing. And as long as you can still move, baby, you ain't finished yet. Come on with it, Glenn. Come on with it. Come on with it. I love that. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Thank you so much for those wonderful words. It's so true. And uh, yes, uh, did anyone want to respond to Pastor Ruckins, what he said? Oh, yes, we have a bow coming from uh, Jacqueline there. How does someone not respond? My goodness gracious. 
That is so correct. And thank you for that. My, you, you know, what you said, Pastor Ruckins, about being blessed by coming into this room, I am, I leave blessed every time because I get so much richness from everyone who speaks, from the wisdom of our speakers, of our moderators. And we have come to the end of that, uh, of the room. And I just wanted to say this before I close out. Wanted to thank each and every one of my incredible moderators for coming up and for sharing such great information, from sharing your hearts, your stories, your wisdom, your direction with others and for pouring into people. Um, this is what we have in this room. We have people who care. And this is why it is a safe place to come up. To every one of the speakers who came up here today, I am so blessed. Again, we all are for you having come up and for you having been vulnerable with us and having asked questions that resonated with everyone. Two of the greatest lessons I learned uh, when I first became a cop, and I, I say them often, I say them when I'm doing keynotes. Number one, we are more similar than we are different. When we think about that, we all laugh, love, and bleed in the same way. And many of us experience the same struggles that other people uh, appear uh, or go through themselves. So. When we are vulnerable and we share our stories, it reminds others in the audience or whoever's listening to this that they're not alone. And when we, we share those stories, when we share a little bit of ourselves, we are opening the gateway to love and to acceptance and to, and to strength. This is what vulnerability is. It's not a dark emotion. It's something that brings us together because we realize that we are not alone. That was my first lesson. We are more similar than we are different. The second greatest lesson that I think I learned when I became a cop is you get what you give. So if I give you a hard time or if I don't give you dignity and I don't give you respect, I'm not likely to get that in return. But when I do, when I give you love, when I give you dignity, when I give you respect, when I give you time, I'm going to get that in return. So it's a beautiful blessing. So thank you all the speakers who came up and spoke and to everyone who's been in the listening audience, thank you for your time. Non-refundable gift is what you've given us of your time. And I so appreciate you. I hope that you join us uh, next week. A couple of my closing thoughts here. Uh, just take this with you. I, I, I love to go on YouTube or to read and just get inspired by different talks and different motivational speakers. And when there's a good quote, I'll write it down. And here are a couple that I'm going to close the room with. It won't take long. You're either on your way or you're in the way. There's an African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. Another one's life's not easy. It's not fair and it won't ever be. Don't fall into the entitlement trap of feeling like you're in a constant state of victim because you don't have to be. There are two wolves within each of us. It's important to feed the one and starve the other. If you go the extra mile, it's never crowded. Your story is meant to be your motivation. I love that one. Your story is meant to be your motivation. We're all waiting for perfect, but perfect seldom, seldom exists. Here's another one, and this one I, I love and resonate with this one. When the fire goes out, the predators come in. When you find yourself in a hard place, you may just be in the middle of your next motivational story. How's that one? You could share your story with someone when you go through a hard time. That's what we do in this room.
Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. The events of your life don't dictate the outcome of your life. Your choices do. Glenn just reminded us of that. Some people see what they want, and some people only see what's keeping them from getting what they want. And I think Pastor Ruckins may have said this one, never forsake your devils, for through them you find your angels. Claim what you're ready for. And those are my parting thoughts. So thank you all for being here. I hope you join us next week. Let's unmute for a few moments, and then I'm going to close off the room. Thank you for blessing us, everyone, and have a wonderful week. Have a beautiful weekend, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Paul, thanks for your consistent commitment to this room. Thank you, brother. Oh, thank you, Glenn. And thank you for joining us. Really appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me back, family. Good to see you, Michelle. Love you, Ken. See you, King. Bye, Paul. See you, Glenn. Always welcome back. Nice seeing you. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient.